listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Black Guy Who Tips. I'm your host, Rod, joined as always by my co-host, Karen. And we are live on a Monday afternoon with, uh, you know, voted the Black Guy Who Tips fan base's favorite guest of the show, Chris Lambert. What's going on? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for ha- thanks. thanks for coming on, man. Yes. We appreciate you, man. I know it's been a while. Taking the time. Um, but you know, people know we go way back. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he, you know, it's, uh, Chris was, uh, the person that opened up our live show. Yes. You know, Chris, uh, been a guest on the podcast many times. Mm-hmm. I've been a guest on his show many times. Yes. You introduced us to a lot of great people, particularly Randolph and Andy and them from Three Guys On. Right. JL Coven too. Oh, JL too. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. yeah. And they all, they've all, their podcasts are all doing way better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you just gotta throw the alley-oop sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you just throw the alley-oop and, you know, they go dunk it. That's, that's what's up. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at all. Well, um, but, but you know what, Chris? We, we got, we got this running joke that people that come on our show get the black guy who tips bump. And if it wasn't for the Rona, you was on your way. Well, I was gonna say, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah without without before the even with the rona stuff i mean chris has been all over tv and stuff he's been been in movies at this point i mean i count chris amongst the bumped people yeah he's trying to downplay it yeah i you can catch me all over tv like giving exposition he went there this Mm -hmm. guy you need this thing listen jessica jones could have slammed anyone up against the wall okay but somebody That's needs good. to be slammed. Jessica Jones' mama got slammed. Somebody up against the wall, and why not you, Chris? Come on, why not? Yeah, and and they come to find out that's you know Janet McTeer, like famous actress, and she was in Ozark. She got her head blown mm-hmm. up. Oh, never mind. Yep, exactly. Yeah, somebody told her something, and her head. She was like, "My mind is blown." Okay, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was many revelations we had. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, man. So I, you know, I just uh, we always, you know, pay attention to the stuff you're doing over mm-hmm. there, man. Doing big things. And in addition to that, um, it's a very uh, big, big time for you because yeah. you're dropping the album for the first time ever. Your stand-up album. Yes, yeah. I, you know, I call it an, an EP, you know, but if people say, I let people say what they want, you know, because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's called Failed Running Back and it's a, it's on, available for pre-order on uh, Amazon and iTunes right now and then it'll be all over. But it was, uh, my reaction to, uh, the COVID-19, the coronavirus. It's like my reaction, like to say, well, you know, if I died from that shit, then you'd get hours of me blabbing on a podcast talking about comedy, but you would never really get that much, a much of a document of me doing stand-up. So um, I just decided to put together some really good, some of my favorite bits and put them into an EP and put it out there for consumption and to hopefully not get canceled. Yeah. Um, you, man. Nah, you, won't, you, you, you don't have to worry about being canceled. Well, we, um, listen, I don't know about that, but we listened to, um, 
the podcast. <laughs> I said, hopefully you won't do anything that would cause well, you to be canceled. Well, that's not. I mean, I think he means more like someone taking a joke the wrong way or uh, oh, someone being like, okay. I'm, I'm offended. Okay, I well, wrote a medium piece on the microaggressions of Chris Lambert uh, and the okay. way I felt violated from his joke. That can yeah. easily happen to anyone. Okay, okay, okay. When, when, when that's the case, yeah, I, I, yeah, you, you probably gonna get canceled because somebody somewhere gonna be offended by something. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I think you'll. I mean, I think you'll be fine. You oh, know, yeah. but yeah. um, and I think also at this point, the people that like cancel comedians are like kind of they're kind of helping. You know, like like it yeah, al- like yeah. it, it would almost be better to have someone get super offended take what you said out of context be angry try to rile up a bunch of people then to just you know like have the album go out and just do good it's like nah you can't right, right. it, it's uh, this better promotion if somebody's like we should hashtag cancel chris lambert would would be yeah. trending that's actually better yeah people go who is this chris yeah. let me go check him out Help me make some car payments and maybe get a MacBook. <laughs> Come on, I don't blame you. And it's free. You know what I mean? Like it's free promotion because yeah. they they don't get yeah. paid for doing that stupid shit. Mm-mm. And then they put your name in a bunch of people's brains, and you know that's how it would work. But I don't think you know there was nothing on the album that made me feel like, God damn, Chris, like I can't believe this nigga. Right? Wow, I thought we could have him on the show. I don't know about it now, uh, but yeah. I will say this, man. Um, it was so funny. Um, and then uh you also uh i could because you know we've heard some of the jokes before from seeing mm-hmm. you several times and you like your confidence with the material and your your handle of the material and the act outs and the um like the the kind of like emotion you put into it like it it, it it actually brought the even though i had heard the joke before i was like oh now nah, he he's nailing it now you know what i mean like and it's like i thought it was good before but then it's like if you see um i don't know like you see an nba player do a dunk that you like damn that that's a dope ass dunk but then you see him do like add a windmill to the shit and you're like oh oh, oh this is the yeah. dunk from earlier but the shit is like even better so like uh that shit was cracking me up and then the way you like piece the bits together and the way it flows thematically if anything if i mean and this is something that uh obviously isn't necessarily negative but if anything it might be too short because like it's such a good time yeah. you're like oh it's over already that that's, was so that's what i was like oh that's quick that was so damn funny thank you thanks so much i mean that that was some i was kind of thinking about like there's actually two tracks like a 10 minutes that i realized that i had that was uh good that i could have put on there so i'm putting it on my patreon so like when you if you get the album and you sign up for patreon you can get the two bonus tracks it's bits that i can't do anymore Mm -hmm. it's one about like trump's inauguration and then how we i i've chosen the new black family for us to believe in (laughs) so uh so in the in the midst of that so that was like a that's a 10 minute chunk but i figured like uh you know, I never got to do a half hour mm-hmm. on Comedy Central mm-hmm. or Netflix, so I never got that opportunity. So yes. I figured, like, you most, never got the opportunity. Well, yes. yeah, you never know. But uh, if I just kind of figured that uh, a lot of half hours are about twenty-two minutes, you put in commercials, and you know how fast-paced our society is now. Right. This is twenty-four minutes of me doing a material. And uh, the last track on the album called The Bumblebee Conundrum is something that, like, 
I tried to do and it never felt right. It never felt better than that night. Mm. So it's like, it, it was just like, I'm going to leave it on there. It's like, it's like, it's kind of dirty. Like as far as like, it's not as like pristine as I wanted it to be. Mm. And I think a lot of times like this, you know, the pandemic just made me think of like, Oh, maybe I was being a little too precious about my stuff. Like, Oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep it to myself and I'm going to whittle this stuff down and make sure it's perfect. And I said, well, you know, let me just put it out there and then hope people, you know, dig it, you know, and not, not try to be so precious about it. But I think, you know, it, it was recorded the, the, um, the, like the, most of a big chunk of the album was recorded, uh, the night that Kobe died. Wow. And yeah, the night, so it opens talking about the first track is, opens about talking about me talking about Kobe mm-hmm. and then what he meant to me. And then uh maybe like around through like the third or fourth, you know, and then, so that part is recorded in New York city. Uh The night Kobe died. Another part is uh recorded at the Borgata casino and resort, which like I did that show in a packed room, which is like 800 people. Uh And that was like a really, and a lot of them were white. Mm-hmm. And so I like, I'm glad that I picked that bit to put on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, one was recorded at DC, a couple were recorded at DC Improv, the title track failed running back. Um, and that we don't know if that club is going to exist anymore after this. So that's, that's special too. And, uh, the last rec, the last track was, uh, recorded at New, uh, Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. Uh, which is in the, in the vintage lounge. It's in the, the basement of the main room. And it's my favorite place to perform in New York City. My favorite place that they let me perform. Uh, so <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of like my lab where like that was, that last track is kind of experimental. Me just like trying to figure something out and just, um, having a good time, you know? And then, so I think um, this is how many years of stand up you've been doing? 11. This is like year 11. Yeah, and and so eleven years in, and then you make your first album, like, um, because you know I've been telling you make an album since we've known each other. Basically, I'm just like, man, burn that shit, put it out. Like, you never know what's gonna happen. And I know you always kind of felt like you were waiting for like the right time or whatever. Yeah. But I'm always like, yeah, bro, you like it'll be another time. Like it's just like you get the first one out the way. And it's like, yo, I want to, okay, so this is what goes, it's a learning experience, even if, uh, no matter how it turns out, you know what I mean? Like best case scenario, everyone loves it. It blows up It's whatever. But to me, it's like, you're really building a resume of material the whole time. And with, unfortunately with stand up, like, unless somebody's going to come see you, they don't know like, oh, this motherfucker is actually really funny. Like, you know what I mean? Cause even like, especially for you even what you do on a podcast isn't really you doing stand-up you know what i mean like it's totally different so like i can see how somebody listen to podcasts and they're still going to be blown away by this because they're going to be like oh shit this motherfucker is really funny right i think that that's what happened with one with one uh like a mutual friend like in the in the community uh and he dm'd me he's like yo i didn't know you were this Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you, I was like, oh, mean, you know, it was, it, it's cool. So I think people will get a, a side of me that they haven't seen before. And it'll, I think it'll surprise a lot of people that, that, uh, I got some, I got some bars, young. Cause you're not really, you're not one of those people that really is on all the time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, 
uh and by on i don't mean on like uh for for the layman listening i don't mean on like he's not always funny i mean on like he's not always like doing like waka waka like here's my bitch i got some yes like chris will just have a regular conversation Conversation. with you without the pressure of like how do we make this funny it's oh this is a trash (laughs) episode we we talked about better call saul and we didn't make a whole but like like yeah yeah Chris is somebody you you talk to and then you and then he'd be like, "Hey, I'm a comedian." You'd be like, "Oh, what?" Right? You're like, "What? This nigga funny?" Yeah. And then, but like I said, when you're having that album, is that like that stamp? Like, boom! Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm funny. And then, did you have and Andy, uh, Al- aka Alkaline, uh, work on the uh, sound and stuff for you, or like, what'd you do? Yeah, I I commissioned him. Uh, he's my uh, Bob Power. If you guys get that reference. <laughs> Bob Power, you there? Hello. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I just reached out to him and he he cleaned it up. First, like I mean, I use Randolph and Andy as my brain trust, just mm-hmm. saying like, hey, I got these, I got these, uh, this set. So it started with this set that I did at Subculture on uh, the night that Kobe died, and I gave it to Randolph and Andy. I said, Randolph, what do you think? He's like, that's a good set uh take some of the kobe stuff out <laughs> and i was like yeah okay i was like yep yeah, i see where you, you i understand where you're coming from and i edited it i chopped it up myself mm. and then andy mm. just went over the sound and, and and i got their approval because if they didn't if they said no then i wasn't going to put it out probably and knowing um, like so- working with audio for the podcast that probably helps your skill set too with chopping it up and stuff mm-hmm. as well right yeah yeah, it did. It did. I did better than I thought I I, I would on it. And uh, yeah, it was just kind of like um, it was a it was a good learning experience. And I think uh, it's just I'm really excited to see what people think. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised. It's not like nigga, I'm the next prior, but it's just like <laughs> it's some of the it's some of the best of me. Right. Like it's like I think it's like the one of the best things that I've ever done artistically so i think i think i you like it's it's interesting because it's like you think like i'm if you, you're in the mode of i'm recording an album or i'm doing this set for tv or you know you, you know those big those big mm-hmm. moments like doing the black guy who tips live like that was like that was a special for me mm-hmm. so that's what i i just prepared okay this is this is my comedy central netflix whatever this is I'm going in. And so I just kind of try to go with that intent of like trying to do well. And I think the last, the last year and a half, I've kind of turned a corner in my stand up to where like some, there's certain things like kind of coalesce. So I was just like, that's me being on for all those, for, you know, those tracks. So it's like 24 minutes of me not letting up. And I didn't know that was going to be on an album. That was just, that was just what that captured and so it was just something that i was like well i was on so it, it can it can go you know mm-hmm. chris, yeah. chris how, how have you seen the 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 comedy landscape just change in the few months since the rona been out there like how like because i know you know it's community everybody chit chats and talk like how have you seen it change you're seeing a lot of people do Zoom shows and a lot of people trying to, uh, I don't fault them. I just don't know if it works for me. It's just like, well, I got a podcast, but you can get, you can be entertained through that way. But it's, 
it's like it's almost like how a lot of comics use it like shit on YouTubers mm-hmm. and say like oh, guys are lame, they're fine, they're not doing and now everybody has is transitioning to that and doing some form of it. So it's it's uh I don't know how long that's gonna last. I don't know that that's sustainable, mm-hmm. but I think maybe if comics come come into it showing and exposing different aspects of themselves, and then when we open back and that that people would like, and then when we get back to some form of normalcy, then maybe more people will come out to to see everybody. But it's changed a lot. It's almost it almost seems like this pursuit, almost any artistic performance art pursuit is like. God, that doesn't mean shit. What have I been doing for the last my life? What have I been doing for my mm-hmm. whole life when this could be taken away? Uh, but I think I just take solace in the fact that I feel like I've been doing what I what I was put here to do. It doesn't make my journey better or worse than anybody. It's just it's just how I fit as a person in the world. Like I can I can be my best self when I'm you know acting or doing comedy. You know, whenever when you find your path, um, I think I've just gotten solace in that. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I hope I answered that question, Karen. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I think you did. And I got a, a follow up question. Uh, do you think that these changes will introduce a new audience to comedians? Because me and Roger were talking about it. Me and Roger go school. We like to actually go and sit in the audience, and we love that interaction between the audience and the comedian like we love that you have a generation now they don't go to the clubs like that's not their thing you have a lot of people that go and even to today it will be like this is my first time seeing it live and you get a completely different experience live than you do over the internet but what do you but how do you think people that are like my whole thing is youtube all i do is twitch like it's a generation now like that's how they were brought up they weren't brought up kind of traditionally the way comedy which in my way i prefer so do you think it's going to be difficult for comedians to adjust to, to tap into this new audience? Cause this audience is not going to go away. I I don't know. I think, you know, I, then during the time I've been doing it, it's, it seems like there's people that are our age and older. You talk to somebody after a show and they're like, Oh, this is my first time going to a comedy show and they're our age or older. So it's like, it's always, it's always going to be somebody's first time probably. So, I think it is the live experience is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, even your favorite comedian, sometimes when you watch them in a special, uh, it's kind of seems like some of the piss is taken out of mm-hmm. it for lack of a better term, where it's just kind of like, uh, it's, it's really good, but it's like something's kind of missing. So it's, it's almost like it's, it's a, it's a, a magic to it. And I right. think you know, what makes the, the experience so great, it's a communal experience. It's meant to be like a, a person on stage, a man or a woman on stage and an audience and you have this interaction and it's nothing like it. I, I remember even like from the theater standpoint, I remember going to see a Broadway show a couple of years ago and one of the ushers said, hey, make sure you turn off your show. Make, t- make sure you turn off your phones before magic time. Mm-hmm. And she was making like a little joke, but it's true. Yeah, it I, is magic. I think also like what might happen is you may have people who 
weren't going to the clubs that hop on some of these zoom things see some get some comedy through the internet and then once everything opens back up they may be like oh well this is another outlet of entertainment that i wasn't really uh paying as much attention to but right. you know because i mean how many people now are like you know um how many podcasts anyone got a podcast suggestion i've seen anybody that, got a lot you know, more than before right so you gotta figure yeah. there's gotta be some people kind of being introduced to this or if you're on like a mailing list like i yeah like i am with uh the uh charlotte comedy club like i'll get a um right i'll get like an email like hey we're going live uh live zoom show friday you know uh hey we're live in 15 minutes with so-and-so and so it's like you know the the clubs are trying and yeah. um i'm sure it's difficult for them because like even if they sold me a ticket to a live zoom show it's different than selling me drinks you know some wings yeah. or whatever and stuff so um i do think that's gonna be different but also i feel like this is an opportunity for people to like blow up you know i think yeah um yeah. people putting out you know putting out an album is smart right now um you know people that are starting that podcast whatever it's it's smart to yeah. at least get it out there so people have something to consume i mean i what i would do if i was a comedian right now and i felt like you know I, i'm trying to blow up i don't really have anything um i would get my iphone start doing trump impressions and put them shits on put them shits on twitter you know what i'm saying and then yeah, that's how yeah. i've seen that work for people you know and next thing you yeah. know you're on howard stern so i would do that yep yeah i think you know it's um you just kind of look at uh, you can kind of witness a lot of the ingenuity that that some of your peers have and you know with our friend jl you know, it's, it's almost like it's a lot of it's about not quitting too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot of it's like about not giving up. And cause I, I'm talking to JL, like he's like, Oh, I got to move to Jersey. I'm like, I live in Jersey. I'm right. working. <laughs> yeah. I, my mom, I was talking to my mom <laughs> on the phone, uh, the night before our podcast, she was, uh, we were just doing some setup stuff and she listens to the show. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, uh-huh. you know, like, Oh yeah, I was talking, I was thinking about this person and that person. She brought up JL. She was like, yeah, I'm really mm-hmm. happy for JL. You know, he's been going at this for so long and you know, it's, it's starting to blow up for him and, uh, he uh he should be happy now i said no 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 no, no. that's not how that works she, <laughs> that's, she that's was, not how works. she was like uh the, yeah. she was like where does he live now i said new jersey and she was like well he was always complaining about new york so he's probably happy in new jersey i said no no, no, no he no, just no. finds something new to complain about in new jersey yeah. so he was complaining about you know the commute and stuff like that so i was like it's you know that's that's kind of his thing is going to always be a little bit miserable or whatever but the thing you you brought up earlier is the most important part it's not just the not quitting but it's the consistency yeah because it's a a lot of motherfuckers when i look at look around at the creative landscape it is a lot of people who should quit you know what i'm saying like like you look at and you're just like you don't even really give a fuck about this like i'm not saying quit if you if you uh just because you're not getting traction but if you don't give a fuck and you're not getting traction i really don't know what you're doing like you could be doing yeah. anything but when you when someone gives a fuck and they're consistent uh my belief system is that it always does pay off on some level it might mm-hmm. not be as big as they would you know hope for it to be but you know there's gonna you're gonna find that audience but you can't you can only find them if you have the material and the work ethic 
Right. It's, it's just, it, I think consistency and, and not quitting is, is, uh, the thing is, is, is the thing because, I mean, I went to school with a lot of people like in, in conservatory, like in grad school and whatnot. They're not doing it anymore for whatever reason, but they stopped. And then, you know, I, you think like when your own parents are like, Oh, you're putting too many miles on your car. You're not getting paid doing mm-hmm. stand up. Now I just sent those niggas some King Crab claws from mm-hmm. uh, from fucking Seattle. Going to eat Mother's good, Day. nigga. You welcome. This and is comedy paid for these. Comedy paid for yeah. these crabs. Yeah. So you know. So it's just you have to. Yeah, it's just about keep going and and you and knowing that you know if you're not hurting anybody, right? And you know you're not doing anything malicious and you're following your path. Well, you can, you can, you can, you can get there. It may not be what you want. I didn't envision this shit when I was 12, 13 years old. Right. I thought, you know, like I, I was telling somebody, like, you think like, oh, when I was younger and hotter, I, I thought I would be getting more parts. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm, uh, schlubby and, uh, <laughs> I'm getting parts and, and, you know, people are checking for me and, you know, I'm, I'm getting opportunities that I, you know, didn't think I would get because I thought Broadway getting on being having a show on Broadway being you know I didn't think that would ever happen. Right. I thought it was just something that happened to other people like my friends, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that that's an that was a a big deal for me too. So it's just it's it's about you got you can't quit. Yeah, you gotta listen. It's a gateway to flexing on your parents. That's what I always tell people. <laughs> Like yeah. you ain't, if you yeah. ain't like do if you it you ain't stunting on your parents what is you doing with your life doing it till you, right. can, you can flex on your parents you know a little light work like oh i got the meal tonight okay i don't yeah <laughs> i don't know what you thought i don't know what you thought these pockets was doing over here yeah, that was a but, good that uh, was yeah. a good feeling when we could go out and be like you know hey, hey everybody everybody the beat, hey. we, we got y'all <laughs> Right, like this, these, these jokes is working out a little better than you thought, huh? Come on! I remember we was in the and car. Uh, uh, hold on a second. And I remember we was in the truck. We was on the truck on the way back from my dad helping me pick up, a, um, like I think maybe it was a washing machine or something. And uh we was on the way back, and this is when I first had got laid off. And Karen was like, "We got to try to do the show," and he was like, "You really? uh I don't know anything about this." but you sure you know like you sure you could do this you sure you want to do it i said i don't know if i could do it but i know i'll never be able to live with myself if i don't try you know yeah so that was like you know that was like if in my movie when uh craig robinson is talking to denzel washington (laughs) that's what's gonna happen like he had to tell him that yeah yeah dude that i mean it's now i wanted people to think oh he balling but that's just like nah it's a flex it's a flex dog it's okay let it sit don't i know i know the popular thing right now is to hate the one percent none of us are rich i'm not a one i'm in an apartment right now right none of us are rich here but it was a slight flex okay yes you know it was just one of those things where because this is what happened so i wanted to get then my mother was telling me about like her her one her niece had gotten like her husband made her crab legs for uh Mother's Day and my mother's like I want some and I had gotten them like candy sent from somewhere and uh I was like oh let me just hop on the computer to see if I can get red lobster delivered to the house and uh I you know took their order and sent it they never got it they never got mm. the food so apparently like 
I don't know if you and your listeners ever had a problem with DoorDash or anything like that, but it was like nobody. I tried to call Red Lobster, nothing. Uh, DoorDash couldn't do anything. So I just like called the bank today and just, you know, uh, disputed the the transaction, got my money back. But I was so angry that I went on this site. Uh, I don't, I shouldn't, I don't know if I should brought. Anyway, I went on this site and got like crab legs from like, uh, like the, 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 I guess like the fisherman's worth in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Whoever lived, you guys. Anyway, and it was like a good, it was like a Pike Place Market. Yes, Misfit. Yeah, we've been there. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I got it, I got it shipped from them. So they'll get that tomorrow. Mm. And I, because I was just like, let me do something extra nice and uh, flex on all my cousins. But I told my parents not to tell them. They're going to like you. They're going to like you. I'll be getting to the money. Everybody, man. Hey man, sometimes you have to flex yeah. on your parents, man. It's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. They've yeah. been flexing on you your whole life. Your whole life. Your you ain't got no life. McDonald's yeah. money. Do you have McDonald's money? No, but you know who does? You do. Every time I bring yeah. McDonald's up in this car, guess one of us does have the money. It's always you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And it really, this is just like, I've saved money from not using Easy Pass every, mm-hmm. every month. Yeah. That's really what it is. But no, it's, it's just one of those things <laughs> where, like, cause they're, oh, maybe you should compare. My mother would say, and they love me. Maybe you should come home. Maybe you should come home. Mm. Uh, so it's like, well, not this time. I'm not, I'm not there yet, but you know, who knows what'll happen, but yeah, a lot of it, when you get that adversity and, and you, you overcome it, sometimes you do have to think about where you come and uh, what you, you've accomplished. So it's kind of, you do have to pat yourself on the back and, uh, and just keep grinding, you know, that's nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. And and Chris, it is, and it's the small things. I remember, yeah. Uh, uh, me and my aunt, we went down to, uh, what's that place down there in, uh, the South Carolina that we love to eat? The fish place? Um, the, uh, you know what I'm like talking about? Captain. Oh, Captain Steve's. Okay. Me and my aunt had went to Captain Steve's and, and this is one of my favorite aunts. And she has always done like great things and she's all, like, she is like a superhero to me. And we went out to eat and me and her literally fought on who was going to pay for the bill. And it was one of those things where I, I tricked her. What I did, I walked from the table and I went to the waitress. I was like, don't you take no money from this woman. I pay for the bill. Cause I was like, I want to stun on her and let her know you've been paying for meals for me since I was a kid. It's my turn now, you yeah. know, and that's how you yeah. feel like, my, like my, it's my turn. My mom, I feel like she got everything. So everything. Every I'm, time I try to surprise her with some shit, it's just a waste of money. Cause it's like, Oh, I got you this Brita filter water and it has like an electronic signal that tells you when to change the filter. And she's like, Oh yeah, I got two of those. Let me put this in the closet with the other. I'm like, Oh fuck. But Karen bought her, Karen bought her a, a tree mm-hmm. or something. Like, not, like she went to 1-800-Flowers and, and, and got a tree or something. Like, it wasn't even just a flower. It was, 
it was like a, a i was like what is something she ain't got like a bonsai tree or some shit i was like what oh, it's a flex though but you know we stun it on my mom for mother's day that's what we do over here that yeah. was a few feet tall yeah uh, i i think like my parents they i guess that's our love language i mean i mm-hmm. you want to do like i bought you this thing not to say i bought you this shit it's just like i bought this for you because i love you like i sent my like try, send my parents groceries and stuff and they would be like you know like instacart type stuff mm-hmm. and you know and and they were like oh how much is it i was like i don't know right i forgot uh yeah <laughs> it's on me it's okay y'all took care of yeah. everything for so long you know what i mean like this is nothing y'all right you know this is I mean? a drop in the bucket like i'm not a real yeah. i'm a failed running back not a real running back so i'm not gonna yeah <laughs> i can't like right. buy you a house but i could definitely instacart you some groceries yes i can you know yeah. let me let me take care of that hey so chris like how are you getting by in the rona because i know new jersey got hit real hard yeah i'm as far as like um i mean i'm i have a day job so i'm not famous so i right. still have a day job and that has become like I'm actually blogging in more hours and it's kind of become you kind of see like how much you really uh well I've seen how much I really am valuable to that company not mm-hmm. to sound like an asshole but no. it's like with some of the things that certain people ask you to do where it's like they should know how to do it right. or you know or and and I care way more than I thought I did mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not even, it's not even because of the pandemic it's like hey i we need to get this shit done right what, what are you guys doing <laughs> it's like as a so, self as a self-reflect as a self-respecting employee you have a yeah. certain standard and yeah it's just like oh yeah i guess i really do give a fuck if the customer gets this on time yeah i give a shit so that that becomes frustrating so that is something that as far as you're talking about mentally that's something that kind of that keeps me going so it keeps me like that's like this a sense of normalcy that i can just say well i got a log on and i'm doing this i've accomplished this and i'm plugging away at that and i got a check coming in and um so that that as far as that that's cool not going outside is is kind of rough like i like i'm i'm a homebody but right. you know you hear a lot of people say i've been preparing for this my whole life mm-hmm. but it's just it's it's lame because you what, what we do is you know we want to connect with people we want to go out we want to oh you want to feel like you have you oh i want to go to 7-eleven and not feel like you're in like the last of us or walking dead or or some shit like you just want to you want to be whatever we thought normal was three more three four months ago you know yes it's it's interesting because uh i you know i'm an introvert but i'm not anti-social you know which i think a lot of people are finding out the difference you know what i mean like uh so it's like i might not you know i'm the kind of person that i don't want to go to a club or something but i definitely go to a restaurant a few times a week or yeah yeah. you know go play basketball talk to the fellows at the court that kind of shit so it's weird not having that as a a outlet and, and as a um as like a, a thing that you do every week so um it definitely changes things and yeah it does give you a weird intense feeling because when i go out i pay attention to them rules man i do wear the mask mm-hmm. um i do try to keep my distance from people i do all that shit man because you know yeah. i'm and that and the thing is i i my new porn is watching people um not do that shit like we like we like when you see oh my God. like when you look online like every day now there's like a news article it's just like 
500 people in the texas park had a party and it was a shootout and nobody was wearing masks and that's my new like oh my god these motherfuckers are sick this is like yeah <laughs> like it's like watching last night's episode of insecure like they're too close together yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I gotta forget this was pre Rona because I was like, they having this yeah. big ass party with the Rona. Yeah, oh, I, man. I went out Saturday. Uh, my uh, I went out Saturday uh, to get takeout for the first time in a while, mm-hmm. and it, it was like this this uh, uh, taco place that I like. They're in a mall normally, but they moved. They have like their pandemic location in another town, like twenty minutes away. And I drove, I was looking at how many people, it just seemed like it was a normal Saturday. Ain't nobody had no, people ain't had no masks on. They was at the strip malls. I was like, what are y'all doing? It's crazy, what man. We went to the store. If we if we go to the store and there's too many cars in the parking lot, I'll be like, nah, I can wait. Like We go early oh. in the morning with the old folks that's concerned about their safety. And I told Roger, I don't know what it is, but about 9 or 10, the dummies get up. And they like, you know what? Let's go to the store. And they don't do shit. Yeah, I, it's not nine yeah. or ten. It's not that. It's like uh, afternoonish is when it's like if you pull up on the afternoon, cars are there like nothing's happening. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just normal. Like, yeah, going to the grocery store. I was just like, am I the only one that has the news in the house and radio? Like, yeah. did the thing in your hand, the phone, does it only work one way for you? Because there's all the smart people are being like put something on your face don't go to crowded places don't hang out stay six feet apart and it's just motherfuckers out here like yeah i feel what you're trying to say player but i'm a still got to play basketball i got to work on my my jump shot on these niggas like i don't get it like what's wrong with you i, I saw somebody tweet that in florida there were people were protesting outside of a gym doing like pull-ups and or like push-ups and sit-ups in front of a gym to process op- the gym opening. They wanted it to open. Right. What? And it's like, you know, it's like, couldn't y'all have done that at home? You know? Even when I see people that are obeying the rules, if they get a little too loose with it, I still look at them like, I don't know about that. Yeah. Like, we'll see like, uh, there was like three, uh, women working out in our parking lot of our apartment complex one time we went to check the mail. Mm-hmm and they you could tell they were like really fit like they were people that probably go to the gym oh. all the time yeah this is like and driving them nuts the camaraderie of the gym i'm sure is a big part of it you know what i mean like sure. they were like they were like uh like their instagrams were popping you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying like you could tell and they were all like working out like just about six feet apart outside and just doing like synchronized exercises and i still remember being like i don't know about that shit nigga i did that by myself i was oh the might be out there amongst y'all and uh and chris the funniest thing is we went to the grocery store and it was the cashier who actually had a mask on but he was determined to be the most talking in his ass cashier ever first of all he didn't follow the rules first of all he liked my shirt because i had shannon sharp on it and it said it said miles with the yak and he was uh he was uh checking some other person out we weren't even in line Mm -mm. and he just yells like hey sir sir i looked up he said i like that shirt man thumbs up i was like okay man all right and he He was loud when he did it he pulled his mask down and i was like now why would you have to do that (laughs) like just 
keep what's the purpose of the mask it's not like what's the purpose you, it's not a removable thing and then so then we got in line and his his checkout thing was the only one open and he was uh telling me about how much he loves shannon sharp uh and hates trump um and, and I, I think it was another it was like everyone in our line felt like he was playing it cool enough where everyone would agree i felt like i i, I don't think there were any white people in line and no white co-workers over there so i feel like he was safe but he was just so openly like man you know because shannon you know see you got to be able to articulate what you trying to say you know that's why i mess with shannon you know because shannon you know he knows how to say it, unlike some people you know in the white house like trump and i'm just sitting there like man bro put your mask back on just yeah. check us out it's not that serious yeah he talked to the lady in front of us for a smooth 10 minutes <laughs> yeah she came back yeah she, she didn't did. even have no mask i was like what is happening what is happening read the news everybody so it's that's my new yeah. thing is that's my new like obsession my pet peeve is these motherfuckers not paying attention man uh but i'm glad that you know you're still safe up there mm-hmm. and shit because um yeah you know there's a lot of shit going on out here it is. It's like see, it's like everywhere that I where I work. It's it's crazy. That like I, in Westchester County where I live, Bergen County where I work. You know, in New York City, it's like every place. But this is like the metropolis and everything. So it's just like man, I'm get you know. So it seems like things are kind of tapering off a little bit because mm-hmm. at one point I was not able to get groceries delivered. Uh, last week I, I did just mm-hmm. to try it. Um, and it did work, but I, I think maybe, you know, I, I'll try if I need to get groceries again, maybe I'll try it and, you know, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm I had this, to- I had a similar thing where I got groceries one time and then when I went to go order again, the shit was like, cause I just put like, you know, whenever y'all can do it, you know what I'm saying? Like I yeah. paid a little extra fee and y'all just do it whenever and right. after that man i couldn't get groceries delivered for like a week or so and i was like right. oh mm-hmm. like i don't know if they on strike i don't know if the the shit is down or whatever i was like i can still go to the store i was just trying to you know follow the rules as much as possible and stay home yeah, but I, I think a lot more people are actually using the service too so i know a lot of people in yeah. the other parts i've seen people in the chat sometimes yeah. say that they try to book groceries and it was like you can't find a booking sometimes yeah that was what it was with us and then also you have uh this thing where they start shopping and they can substitute things um they have yeah. they have this other thing where like um they uh some some asshole people are le- putting high tips on the thing but then um when they actually get the delivery they take the tips off which is really fucking everybody because you should be able to do that we yeah, like to, you that's know, what i said yeah i agree so, so um all right let's let's get into some other stuff guys okay um uh, feel like you gotta go get fail running back okay i pre-ordered it already all right i pre-ordered this um i pre-ordered uh you know fireside craps the deuce part two mm-hmm. uh the deuce and i had pre-ordered uh oh oh then i ordered old mike b's uh promote mike b and i'm just saying like people that we've had on the show guests comedians talented people 
we don't ever tell anybody no bullshit period Mm-mm. so like you know we have so many people that will come on the show and if you go check them out i mean whether it's roy wood jr janelle james yes. chris lambert jl coven um even mike b obviously uh andy uh klein with vintage uh randolph terrence with blue magic um tim miller ruler third like it's like these are these are not just bullshit like us promoting just anything so hopefully you guys go check this stuff out man i always love to see that screenshot when um you know somebody is trending you know that number oh i got my album up number one or whatever uh in the comedy stuff so go pre-order it because that helps a lot man all right it does Uh, all right Um, oh go ahead go ahead Oh, I wanted to. We got to get Karen. Is Karen? She oh, she's in, she back. had to switch her uh okay, her okay. internet. Yeah, she. she before we get, before we move move further, I got to get you to wax poetic on the Last of Us. So. Uh, oh well, uh, I'll tell you what. There's that. That's two things. You just reminded me. I had another thing too. So um, what? How is the the Rona affecting the dating stuff? Or is everything still the same? So it is coming out June nineteenth. Uh, it was supposed to come out on my birthday, <laughs> February twenty fifth. I said, "How is the Rona affecting dating for you? Like, is it changing anything? Is oh. it like because now, uh, like, you can't meet up and go out on a date? But I heard people still be on them apps and stuff. Oh, like I talk to people, girl, women on Instagram. I, I shouldn't say that oh, on I, IG. I, okay." You know, like message some some of some uh, women, but I haven't. I'm not dating anybody off of the uh, like now. No, right. um, like most of my life, my adulthood has been like a woman comes around, it's great, then she uh, leaves, or I lose interest, or and then uh, one is like the there's one chunk in the in the EP that's about one woman, so it's mm-hmm. like that. I turn, I turn, what is it? Uh, uh, I think, I don't know if Big, Big Crit said on a, on a, on a record, he said, like, turn my anger into green. You can call me Bill Bixby. Mm-hmm. I turned like some, like hurt. Like I was messed up over that girl because it was like a long stretch where it was just a girl that I briefly dated and it was just like, whoosh, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, what can I do? how do I process this? And, um, I just, I have this, this chunk that's about a girl. So it's almost like, a. it's not really a cry me a river. I know we hate, we black people don't, we're not supposed to like Timberlake. I I'm do. trying to think. Of, uh, I mean, we like future sex love sounds. I mean, I, I think that's pretty universal. Whether that's, you, that's my you like Timberlake or not, it's not like niggas R. Kelly. We got to pretend we don't like his music. Yeah, it's like that's true. You just let let Janet Jackson, yeah, her titty in the wind. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think, but it's just like it was something. It was cool because it was like I really appreciated. I'm I'm proud of that chunk of the EP of those jokes because it just helped me like process it. Like mm-hmm. this thing, this the bad thing happened, and I was hurt as a man. Mm-hmm. I was hurt by a woman. <laughs> And, and then uh, you, you didn't become an incel like you did. Yeah, I didn't become an incel. I turned, I turned it, in, you know, turned it into something uh, to make people laugh. So, um, yeah, I, I think there was there was a couple of women that I, I was interested in, and 
things were probably maybe things would have happened before mm-hmm. the Rona because uh, it was set up that way, but it just didn't, you know. And with the um, you know, with the Broadway stuff popping off, the acting stuff popping off, is it one of those things where it leaves like less time, or is it one of those things where well, I'm out meeting more people because I'm doing these things? There's no time. There was like if that show was like there would have been no time. Mm. It would have just been like to to just do go to work and do the play and then maybe get to do some stand up on the weekends like late like late shows but uh there are were women that I was interested in but it's just like I need to meet new women mm-hmm. and not like women from the past okay cuz I was talk- I was and and it, cuz it's some women from the past it's like that I never got the shot with or they maybe not didn't like me as much as I like them mm-hmm. and then it would feel like it was some vibes thrown at one night after a thing and it was like are you what are you doing yeah are you fucking so it's i don't know i'll i'll be forever alone (laughs) you don't gave up don't give up i had that too though i don't be knowing i can't tell when someone's flirting or not so he can't he 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 can't Could he tell with you, Karen? No, no. I asked Roderick on a date when we were like 16 and he turned me down and went back to play basketball. Yeah, it took the other guys at the court had to be like, damn, nigga, someone asked you on a date. And I was like, well, she just wanted to go to like a play or something. They was like, nigga, that's a date, man. Why, why are you playing basketball? Yeah. So you'd rather be around musty ass niggas playing basketball. They was like roasting me. I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah. Y'all are right. Y'all are absolutely right. He ended up I... calling me back. Yeah. Like we ended yeah. up going out. Man, I'm glad that those niggas roasted me. So no, he, yeah. he, he don't get it. I'm not going to be too pessimistic, but no, it was, it was things that was like, oh, maybe these are some opportunities. Maybe yeah. blah, blah, blah. I just kind of like when that thing happened like a few years ago, it was just sort of like, well, I'll just devote myself to my craft and getting getting good at that and uh finding like more self-worth and affirmation and more like validation from the stuff that I'm doing. But even still, it's still there's still an emptiness. Like you yeah. achieve these things and stuff and and I forgot to mention earlier one of the uh like there's a there's like a couple of like I guess like achievements and watermarks in my career where it's been like, uh, I was in this, I was briefly in this, uh, movie, Can You Ever Forgive Me with Melissa McCarthy. And when that came out, uh, I took my parents to the movie theater to mm-hmm. see it. And like the look on my mother's face when I came on screen was just like Aww. fucking incredible. Right. Like it was just, it was just like, I, it was, it blew me away. Right. And it was just like, and it was even, you know, if you see the movie, a nigga was on there for like a minute or so. It don't matter to her. Was, yeah, no, it was because, because she, because both of them I always say they, they put me, they put me on the playing field. Like right. they gave me the, the tools to, to do what I needed to do. So they always put me in the red zone and all I had to do was like execute. I mean, and that's, you know, and like, and looking back on that, like it's, that's pressure. That's a different mm-hmm. type of pressure, but it's, it's also like surprising to me. I, Cause I think when you're in, when you're in it, like I, I know, I think the listeners can understand this too, where it's like when you're in something and you prevail, you almost, you're, you kind of figure out that you're stronger than you think you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause there's always like this, 
you always have this self doubt and, and you just have to like try to overcome it. But it's like, it's one of those things where that was a moment where like, I was like, uh, wow, this is, this is real. I need to really cherish this because the thing that I said that I was going to do when I was like 12 years old, I did it. It's not on a scale that I would like it to be right. yet, but it's, it's an ach- achievement nonetheless. Right. Like I had, this, you know, I had this like small part on this Broadway show and I don't know if it's coming back or not, but it was just like to start out as a kid in Southern Maryland to be on this stage and just to come and to come that far is just like amazing because I thought what it would be was like, Oh, now I'm in this Broadway show. Maybe I'm, I'm joining the actors union and then I, the like the actors equity for stage actors. And then maybe I can be in the mix for other projects. So that was like the achievement. Like, I was just like, I want, like, as an actor, you want your SAG card and you want your equity card. And so like, I'm, I was on my way to getting the equity card and all that stuff. Um, I'm being long winded, but it's just, I just feel like I'm just getting started at 40 years old. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm just getting started. You know, I feel like a lot of people, like in my, in my community, like you guys and a lot of, a lot of our mutual friends are, are kind of just getting started, you know, and it looks, it looks different than it did for people that we admire, people that came before us. It's a little different. And I think some of the things that I was chasing, uh, I was like, I felt like I was just chasing the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And then the thing that I was chasing wasn't the same as it was for my peers who were ahead of me yeah i think well shit changes real fast too with technology man like uh also like the shine comes off of shit that was a big deal because the industry changes you know like Mm -hmm. um not that it's not a big deal but especially with stand-ups like you always hear them talking about certain things like the tonight show these are good milestones i'm not knocking these but you know the tonight show uh you know uh, 30 comedy central half hour stuff like that all cool stuff and all that but there's other ways now like you there like there's no gatekeeper like the gatekeepers on that don't control the whole fucking playing field anymore so you know you can you can get a viral trump video you can you can have Mm -hmm. a dope podcast you can um you know go through you know like i said broadway or whatever you just don't know and uh it's i was i listened to Deezus and marrow one time being interviewed by larry wilmore on black on the air i believe and he was asking them about how they got on kind of at showtime and all the stuff and they basically was like it's never been that we had a lot of people fucking with us it's uh the people who fucked with us just happen to be the right people you know right like, like right. i'm the person that decides what kind of show goes on the air over here i you know let me go and advocate for these two dudes yeah. and next thing you know they're on vice and then you know another someone at showtime that has some pool goes oh those guys are really funny boom now they're on showtime it's not like you know they had to like petition and get a whole lot of people to move with them to do that um but yeah. yeah, I was just thinking like the same way you talked about comedy though, I feel like that's the same thing with romance. Like you can't give up. You gotta always be in the game. That's yeah, that's yeah. the whole that's I'm the not, whole thing. I, yeah, I don't think I'm good I've I've given up because there were certain things that I'm like, Oh, wow, I yeah. I still I've got a little game. Yeah, I, you know, it's like it's like Nas says, I don't have what did he say? He said, I don't have I don't have a game, have, just some bitches understand my story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's like 
I'm, I'm, um, I just think like a lot of times I've, my whole life, I've just been that person that was, you know, career oriented and trying to, you know, fit that path. And like I said, there is that emptiness where it's like, oh, I did this cool show that I tried to get on and I made this milestone. I wish I, it would be nice to share that with somebody other than my mom and dad. You know, like celebrate yeah. with a, a, so a, a fine lovely... It's a fine line between hopeless and hopeless romantic. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like it's not hopeless, but it's that hopeless romantic feeling of like, oh man, I, like eternally pining for just like these experiences to share yeah. with other people. And I think a lot of people have that. Um, yeah. You know, nothing wrong with that. All right, uh, Last of Us. Uh, yeah, 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 one of the greatest games I ever played, period, hands down. Mm-hmm um karen surprised me with a playstation 4 i did uh last year oh it's karen that bought it okay. yeah yeah because yeah, that, that that was the trick what i did i ordered it through he had it on his like amazon wish list because you know how we have our own uh, amazon wish list that me and him share yeah. that periodically the fans order you know and send us stuff so he had that on his wish list and so what i did was that i ordered it and when i ordered it i didn't put like a message or anything with it and so I want to surprise him on the show. It came earlier than I thought. So yeah. uh when it came, he opened it up and I didn't say anything. He was like, who got I was like, I, I don't know. I'm just this as shocked. I played it off real good. I'm just as shocked as you. I couldn't believe I thought a fan had got it. I was like, We got a rich fan? What the fuck? Like, <laughs> uh but nah. I, rich yeah, apparently. I've she, been she saving up for it. She's stunning on me. Yeah, um yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. i loved it uh it was uh uh it was so good and um the control scheme was so different from other games like that um yeah. like it's not like a run and shoot type of game it's very much like uh challenging and you got to make every shot count um yeah. some of it was a little arbitrary by like which i mean <laughs> you kill enemies and and like they give you enough ammo no matter what but just enough like yeah. they never want you to feel like you walking into any situation over prepared and as a person yeah. uh like me the way i like to play games i like to over prepare you know like I'm when the I, same way. Yeah, yeah when i play tomb raider like i'm like okay i'm gonna go make all the arrows i can before i i stomp on these niggas like I don't want to yeah. be reaching for an arrow and be like, fuck, I got to make some arrows. Like, I don't like that. Um, and that's the thing, like, I kind of feel like, and I think maybe you're experiencing this because I think you're playing Uncharted now, mm-hmm. but, like, it's like Lara Croft and Nathan Drake. Lara Croft, I think, for the most part, will always be greater than Nathan Drake to me mm-hmm. because – Nathan, like Uncharted is a little more campier. It's yeah. campier. Yeah. And it's more cartoonish and it's fun. And you'll see in part four, there's really cool set pieces and all this stuff. But with The Last of Us, it's like, it's so grounded that mm. it's just like, it's not nah, fucked it's up. Fucked more... up shit happens in The Last of Us that doesn't happen in Uncharted or Tomb Raider. Yeah. Like, like, uh, like when you go in the sewer and some of the stuff they're clearly doing, to to set the mood like and to tell a story like they want to tell a story Mm. more than they want to make you play a fun game and so they're like when you go in the sewer and you basically see the remnants of what was like a kid's 
like kids were down there there was like school there was like toys and shit and then you like basically walk through the mystery of what the fuck happened to the people that live down there and you find like that the you find like this one room where like they left a note but it's like the um the kids and uh they were starving to death and they were locked in their trap with those monsters and uh the person leaves the note like yeah so the um if if we don't make it you know i'll make it quick for the kids and then i'm gonna take myself out and it's just like fuck like that like so many moments like that in that game they're just like holy shit this is a dark ass world you know so i loved it it's so it's so fantastic so it's just almost like i'm starting to think like with what i've seen from part two Mm -hmm. i think ellie might be better young We'll see, man. Then Laura, she might be better than Laura Croft or or Nathan because well, she definitely better than Nathan. That's not that's not close. Because uh, uh, uh. it's more like because Laura Croft and and Nathan, it's almost like on some impossible white man shit. Yeah, whereas you know they're gonna get through it, mm-hmm. uh, but with Ellie, it's like. Well, I think I think they're just completely different types of games because like yeah stuff stuff in stuff in Uncharted and um, Tomb Raider is a little bit more like this, we're gonna show you the way to go. This is how like there's times in um, The Last of Us where you know I I'm stumbling around for like twenty thirty minutes, kind of trying to figure out like okay so where am I heading in this place like yeah okay i'm on this campus what okay this door there's like stuff in here but that's not the mission you know what i mean or and 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 it's kind of like it feels more like real life how you know you go somewhere it's not like you know if like if i got dropped off at an abandoned school and they said your goal is in the school somewhere i would be looking in every door and fucking being careful and quiet and it's it really does build uh really builds atmosphere it's just it's just a well done game and i I, the remastered version is just uh you know outstanding and then of course uh left behind was just probably uh one of the most gut-riching uh dlcs of all time i can't even believe they put that out just because it's mostly gut-wrenching than it is fun yeah there there was some one there's somebody that said yeah you guys gotta put some more uh naughty dog's an incredible studio but they're like you gotta let some black people live yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, just like, you, you make these great characters, but you killing all the niggas. Yeah, what's going on with that? I did notice that. I was going to text you that. I think I may have, but I was like, I, I was like, did. you I, did. Oh, okay, I, I thought I sent you, I thought, I thought I sent you like a DM that was just like, this, this little black girl's going to die, isn't she? <laughs> like, like, oh, 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 oh man, I think you did. I cause, think you, cause you I, I definitely sent you one after the brothers. I was like, man, what, yeah. what the fuck? Like, what, yeah, <laughs> I was just starting to yeah, like yeah. them adorable niggas and then boom, like, I hate that shit. But you know the part where they, we're losing your whole audience, but no, <laughs> it's our show. What are they going to yeah. do? They're stuck in the house. They ain't got nowhere to go. Yeah, we, so, we going to talk. So, it's so hilarious the part where like everybody like the the soldiers are coming after him and and sam and henry just like leave yes like, they leave and joel it's like yeah they left that felt like authentic yeah i was like yeah, I was like, yeah we yeah. these niggas don't know us okay i yeah. only know that this is a good white man because i've been playing as him for eight hours right. up until this point yeah. these, 
<laughs> these black yeah. people just met this white man now i was like oh good luck white people and they just dipped good luck. <laughs> yeah. he was yeah. like i have and then when joe got mad he was like bruh i have one mission i am getting my little brother back home i don't give a fuck about this shit now what did you think because i want to ask you because you're a reasonable and i got a lot in a lot of arguments about not a lot but like seven or six or seven years ago when i finished it uh what did you think of the end what did you think of like the end in the hospital oh man i loved it because um did you take anybody out did i take i took everybody out what are you talking yeah, about yeah listen okay, bruh, yeah. let me tell you something okay <laughs> when i step up in a building and i got a weapon everybody's mm-hmm. dying okay <laughs> i don't yeah. play that shit because yeah. i don't like i don't leave no loose ends i like the only time i don't kill people is if they put it in the game by design that you just can't kill them people where it's like <laughs> like you know like yeah. oh three people ran down the hallway and you have to duck in this room or else you know or else you die right away then I, then i'll duck in the yeah. room but if it's just like you know a nigga out here whistling taking a smoke break oh he's dead yeah yeah because <laughs> people were trying to people were trying to act like you know, and I know what the studio is doing, and I have an mm-hmm. idea of what because I like a like a psycho. I went through all the leaks and the plot mm-hmm. leaks and stuff, and a lot of them aren't true. Right. But like with what I've seen and what I know about the first one, it's just like, no, your mission is to take this little girl. You you lost your daughter right. ten fifteen minutes into the game. This girl is your surrogate daughter. You right. love this girl. You're right. going to do whatever you want to do, whatever you can to make this, to keep this girl alive. Is it selfish? Maybe. But yeah. you're saving it. But I'm like, I'm like John Q. You know what I'm saying? I'm like the okay. Denzel movie, John Q. Cause, cause Denzel was on, Denzel was on this, uh, on this, uh, universal healthcare way before Bernie. Okay. People, <laughs> people sleep on that, but he, take my heart. Take my, I can't do Denzel. Take my heart. <laughs> it's <laughs> the guy the guy that can do it take my heart and uh fucking you know give it to the <laughs> he so he uh so i i was in there um i shot the doctors up because i thought if i leave them alive these motherfuckers uh um they'll get ellie again and then they gonna they yeah. gonna be like we got the same experts experts to do the operation so everyone yeah. had to yeah. go bro everyone had to go so i hated killing all the people that uh you know, like that was minding their business, but bro, you shouldn't be working for an evil organization. That's on you. <laughs> and you think Ellie at the end knows, right? He knows. She knows that Joel's lying, right? Uh, yeah, she gotta know. She had that look on her yeah. face. That was so cool, man. Because I thought yeah. they were gonna do something totally different with that ending. Uh, that was a yeah. little bit cliche. I was like, oh, okay. So then, you know, we'll basically. I thought we would end the game as Ellie, and that would be it. Like. And now Ellie's yeah. on her own, but nah, that was cool. I can't wait for part two, man. Now, are you are you playing day one? Because like I'm gonna have to. I think what I do, what I'm gonna do is try to finish it that first weekend. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna try to. Finish it. I don't know if I play day one or not, just because I never fucking know with my video gaming. I never know. Like yeah. I, uh, I don't really schedule time for anything. I just um, yeah. if I'm in the middle of something, I do. I'm a completionist. So if I'm in the middle yeah. of something when it comes out, I'll probably finish that and then play it next. But if I if I'm done with something, then yeah. So you know, right now I'm still okay. I'm playing through Uncharted. Either way, we'll have a conversation about it. Absolutely. I just 
I just got a, a, a like I've been talking about this YouTuber. Shout out to the homie uh, Tajay Moment, mm-hmm. uh, who's a great YouTuber, and he's been kind of coming under like some fire because it's just it just makes me angry because like the young black YouTuber that's like rising and doing his thing, that's the guy that the white people are singling out because he's having fun and he's enjoying the game and. Mm. It pisses me off, but he's really good at what he does. So I'm going to hopefully just try to talk to him too. Like I got to, I want to try to finish it so I can like really like mm-hmm. have like a postmortem about it. But either way, you and I will talk about that shit eventually. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just, um, yeah. I think that's another thing like in the pandemic that's like forcing me, like keeping me excited, like that childlike energy and excitement for like a video game even though i'm 40 right. but it's just like hey like this is this is really exciting it's getting excited about like stuff like that and then certain artists that i like that are releasing music and stuff so yeah i think that's something that's keeping me going but i, I think i will try to get a pto day on june 19th so uh juneteenth I can, yeah juneteenth man okay uh, taking, taking this white girl to get some revenge bro. Killing, killing some more blacks <laughs> Oh, oh, fun! Yeah, fun fact: she will kill some more black people. Yeah, absolutely. Fun fact: fun fact um, the woman who played Marlene Merle Dandridge, I did an episode of Murphy Brown with her in 2018, mm. and uh, she graduated from Roosevelt University like years before I did, and I I didn't even get to that. But I, I first when I said, "Hey Merle, you you were in The Last of Us, right?" <laughs> <laughs> Nerd, yeah. And she was like, "Yeah, weirdo." Uh, she was cool. But she was just like, "I, I told her, I was like, that's the best game I ever played in my life." <laughs> and she was like. She was like, "Okay, nerd." <laughs> yeah, that was like the time I played basketball against Baron Davis, and uh, when I got when I we we lost to his team um because he was just so fucking good but uh, but like we barely lost like between my brother his friend and me like we like we was in there but we lost the shit to him we was um uh we lost like uh maybe two or three times to his team and so after the second or third time we played them um he came over to me after the game and was like hey big man you got some good moves bro and i was like oh for real i was I, was, I like I, I leaned in real close. It was just like me and him, and I was like, "Yeah, bro, I have your poster on my wall right now." When you ducked over KG. And he, and I, what did he say? What did he say? He, he was just like he just like like blank face like stood there for a second. And I was just dapped him. Was like and he was like that's what's up, and that was it. But I was just like I don't know why I had to tell him that, but <laughs> I just had to tell yeah. him like, "Hey man, like I appreciate the compliment, but my nigga, you dunked on KG." in his grill yeah. and it's hanging up in my dorm room right now as we speak dude sometimes you have to give people their flowers man life is so like fleeting and you have to like i was lucky enough to have van hunt on on my podcast and like he's like one of my favorite mus- musicians and it was just like yo like you that song it's like that chris farley character on snl like yeah remember when made that song right remember when you played it? <laughs> oh, and I, I had to tell him i had to tell him before i started the show i was like look man there might be a couple moments where i have a fanboy moment 
Right. Yeah, there were probably several, but it's like, hey man, you're dope, so deal with it. But yeah. you know, it was crazy too because when we played against Baron Davis, the only thing I kept thinking was like, don't get blocked don't get blocked because he was blocking people's shit above the like you know what i'm saying like pinning that shit all embarrassing like so yeah i was taking everything to do to fake his ass out so that's why he thought i had some good moves but it was all fear (laughs) oh yeah yeah i mean shit has he done has he done like all the smoke or knuckleheads yet I don't know. I know he got his own show. show. What the fuck, Barry Davis? Oh, I love it. Show is fucking hilarious. Oh, really? Is it like on YouTube? It's on Hulu. Okay. Yeah, y'all should all check it out. They're only fifteen, about ten minute episodes, and it is great. But they are amazing. Karen, are you gonna say something? Yes. Yes, I was going to say, uh, yeah, Chris, uh, I'm going to be playing video games until I die. So don't be worried about playing video games and being old because that's something that me and Roger Potter are going to do forever. Yeah. Uh, because like I said, uh, I play like cute and, uh, and games I can kind of check out of reality. So yeah. I, I play shit like the Animal Crossing and like Farm Together and Stardew Valley. Like that shit I play. Like you, that you want to talk about nerding out i tell you how much i nerded out on uh stardew valley i nerded out so much that i started going to the um message boards like like this is no when you get real i started going to the message boards trying to this is when i was like okay karen you are actually a bigger nerd than you think you are i started going to them because i was having problems doing certain things so i started going to the message boards and i and getting tips and tricks on how to do things and then i found like a uh, web because in, in uh Stardew Valley you build your own farm, but then I found a website where you can actually do a layout of like your whole farm square by square, and then duplicate it in real life. I was like, can I? I I I think you are in like really really deep. So yeah, so no, I'll be doing this forever because it may, it get, brings me joy. All right, Karen, I do it, I do it too. Like I'm on YouTube looking at these like Last of Us like commentary like what people are saying about part two who's mad about it who's a who's a cuck or who's a, a well i just found out a new term called soy boy mm-hmm. uh so it's like this whole new world and it's like it's it's a lot of negativity and bullshit but like i do the same things that you do like i i find myself spending time enjoying youtube clips of stuff like interesting things like I'm brining some chicken right now mm-hmm. because I'm going to do John Legend's uh, fried chicken uh, recipe. Well, I was uh, going to say um, on YouTube, man, I fuck with that uh, Supreme Dreams. I think it's RDC World. That's hilarious. And the funny black guy. Yeah, yeah, chicken. they yeah. and that's nerd shit, but that's niggas. Like, yeah, they yeah, anime yeah, everything. Yeah. Like they like they do they they nerd shit but it's also cool so i think nerd shit is just the culture now it's not even a yeah. like i need to be yeah. embarrassed that i brought up this nerdy shit like oh, no, no, no. Every, everybody's into this nerd shit now marlene was probably yeah. like yeah like i made money from doing that motherfucking role like you got damn right i know it's a i know people like it you know he's like this hot elegant black woman and she's like she was just like i, I like it because you know it's still like you get these parts on the show and you still know like there's a hierarchy. Yeah. But it was like in between scenes. I was just like, 
but when that last of us check hit she know what it is dog she knows it's gonna be people like you for the rest of her life that's like ever ever oh you was marlene like that's just what it is ain't nothing ain't nothing nerdy about that at all man all right we gotta do some we gotta do some coronavirus (laughs) news guys all right it's time to move on uh now with coronavirus news i try to find a song every time i put in coronavirus into spotify search and uh today's song is by i don't remember if i played this one not problematic have i played this yet i don't know okay coronavirus by problematic let's see if we've listened to this yet this coronavirus global pandemic it's invincible and i think that makes it the scariest thing in the mall it could potentially kill millions we don't get a stranglehold okay is he rapping or he's just gonna tell us about what coronavirus is i, I, I don't know yeah. a virus is defined by you know get into it all unite Look, I'm quick concerned for my mental health. Head down to the store, no stock in the shelf. Just panicking fears, we cry for help. Don't tell me no heaven when we living in hell. Time is running out, need a vaccine quick. Get it for a doomsday, then the violence hits. Bill Gates foreseen in 2015. Said the microbes killed us in World War III. No guns involved or nuclear weapons. Whoever would have thought be a virus spreading. Stick it to the people that we out. Every second right now would be ideal. Start counting your blessings. Innocent die, watch them drop like flies. We waited too long when we could have saved lives. Incubation period quits, scary no lies. Dear God, have mercy, keep praying, oh my. We're all in our assessing, hope it's not too late The best thing we can do right now is isolate The government is promising so much to us The media will sabotage the hottest stuff Self-quarantine, self-quarantine Better practice social distance, stay away from me Self-quarantine, self-quarantine We're all in this together, do not be naive that actually i like that and that sounds like somebody did his research because on the low he like telling you and spitting facts and giving numbers and statistics sound like his favorite artist is eminem yes right. uh, it's it's what the kids call a bop yeah oh I'm, yeah it's i like bop. a lot of the like trap the trap ones are are to me are my fave so far i like the trap joints but that one felt like edu- like he took some time to make his like all my other people were just like listen what rhymes with coronavirus and then they just started <laughs> rapping over trap beats 
his shit he, he took some he put some time into that he read uh, a book coronavirus news elon musk defies coronavirus lockdown and reopens tesla plant in california yep why ain't nobody buying that minecraft car you trying to sell what is happening here <laughs> uh, i don't understand 3500 uber employees are told they are being laid off over a three minute long zoom call because of coronavirus how do they lay people off uh um i guess they had a call they informed 3500 people who worked in customer service and recruitment around the country yeah not the drivers that it would be their last day working for uber on the live call oh so so they like send out an alert like hey yeah everybody log in i guess so hop on the zoom got a message yeah probably that's probably gonna happen more frequently now with everybody work from home they gonna be like we're not gonna waste the time uber's roughing chevalier was tasked with breaking the news that the app was eliminating thousands of jobs on the call um apparently she said our rides business is down more than half there's not enough work for many frontline customer support employees as a result we are eliminating 3500 frontline customer support roles your role is impacted and today will be your last day working with uber you will remain on the payroll until the date noted in your severance package her voice cracked oh go ahead chris I was just saying, at least they get a severance. That's good. Yeah, and they, they've been cut, like, upright because, like I said, people ain't been moving around. People ain't been traveling, you know, and a lot of cities still got lockdowns. So ain't nobody going nowhere. Her voice, right. her, her voice cracked as she told the employees that no one wants to be on a call like this. She said, I know that this is incredibly hard to hear. No one wants to be on a call like this. With everyone remote and the change of this magnitude, we had to do this in a way that allowed us to tell you as quickly as possible so right. that you did not hear from the rumor mill yeah because shit shit hit online and everybody was like you didn't call us you didn't tell us i also wanted to deliver this news personally and just take a brief moment to thank you for your contributions to uber yeah because the thing is with social distancing and things like that this right here is going to be more of a common thing because people are like i'm not bringing you to the office and dragging you to human resource we're not going through all that yeah and i figure that business got to be down because who want to hop in a car with a stranger you know for however long whether they got a mask on or not like that's scary as shit mm-hmm. uh mike pence uh apparently is not gonna self-isolate even though he had an aide who tested positive for coronavirus and that same aide they have video of her when they went to go visit that nursing home coughing she coughed during the visit of course she did and of course he did yeah so it was mixed messages at first that he would self-isolate at home and then it was like he won't then it was like he came to work and he um he was in a room by himself at the white house or whatever but like nigga you are you not breathing the same air as everyone like this so crazy dude like i just finished <laughs> watching uh that series the will forte series last man on earth mm-hmm. and they had like later on in the show they had like the death of president mike pence like they just like all these people like, <laughs> oh no I, like if you watch like the first joint it's like the first episode it's like they say the year 2020 like a year or so after the virus it's some. Well, if you watch the first episode, they'll say it's like it. That shit is like, and people wearing masks and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like they get to the flat. It's it's crazy, man. How like 
it kind of it's it's essentially prophetic the way if you look at that show. I mean, right. the shows it. I think it's a solid show, but and you know you could say whatever you want, but it's like they kind of predict not not predicted the shit, but it it that shit is like ooh. You look at it now, obviously. Well, the the Simpsons were good at predicting. Cause they, Roger played a clip where a doctor was telling the people, you know, there's nothing to do but to go home. And they was like, and, uh, uh, we got a, uh, we're going to give you placebos. They was like, where do we find the placebos? They was like, it's over here in the truck. And they went and shook the truck and, uh, the boxes on the truck said killer bees. Then all the bees came out and started attacking everybody. The murder hornets. Um, uh, LA inmates are trying to infect themselves with coronavirus to win early release. Mm. Yeah. Cause mm. we, we have overcrowding in the jails already and oh, cause then so they're like, letting people out who have coronavirus so people oh, is so like they're licking shit and what well, like what are they trying to do to get it they're like cough on me man breathe directly into, i'm trying to get the fuck out of here you yeah. know i get it you know it's prison and i know a lot of us understand the pressure because we can't even be in our house without breaking rules right Motherfuckers are already, already ready to go risk their lives at house parties and shit so if you was in prison prison i know you probably be trying to catch the rona it's just so crazy man it's like a lot of like when you think about um should i white people feel like this is like just such being inconvenienced for some is like a death sentence to right them. They ain't never felt no real oppression. No, they have not. Yeah. So they, they just, be, they just, anything bad happens to them. They be like, is this oppression? Is this, is this tyranny? I, I was going downtown for a march and it rained and they said the march was canceled. Is this what slavery feels like? Is this slavery? You're like, no, no, no. You don't know what the fuck you are talking about because nothing yeah. bad has really ever happened to you. So. Not all white people. Oh, all, 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 all <laughs> All of them have all of them have the privilege. Okay, it's not. Keenan's got a series, so he might leave. So maybe there's a shot. Yeah, we'll see. It's really more like it's really more like not all black people, rather than not all white people. Like it's all white people that have white privilege, but it is a few black people that believe they got some white privilege. You know what I mean? They really don't. (laughs) They just believe they do, but you don't. LeBron, why do you have to keep bringing up all? of this racism with people like me and you are so rich there's no reason for us to bring up racism it doesn't affect us in the same way Mm. they spray painted nigger on your house and i love what people i love painting they spray painted on my house and i go right to work at fox sports and i don't care Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you just want to be better than jordan you just want to be better than jordan he made that heel turn and never looked back. Right. He never looked back. Oh, man. You know what I was thinking, though? I don't really remember a time when I, when Jason wasn't, like, obviously he's cooned it up to a point where it's, um, but I don't ever remember a time where I felt like he was advocating for us on any level. Like, Not that I, I just remember, remember a time where he wasn't antagonizing us as much. I right. definitely remember that. <laughs> But I don't think I remember a time where I read something from Jason Will. I was like, yes. It's, that's what I'm saying, Jason. That's what we feeling. He used to be on Sports Reporters, right? Yeah, he did. He did. I just don't yeah. know. I, you know how, like, yeah. you can think of times where it's like, yo, this is when Will Bond was like, nah, you're not about to do black people like this on my watch. Like, every black yeah. journalist got that moment. You know, Jamel Hill, obviously. 
uh bomani right. jones several times you know uh the, the Ster- donald sterling one was a great one but uh even shit even stephen a smith has had a couple but i if you go ahead sorry but i can't think of one for jason whitlock if you dig deep into the archives of my podcast uh oh my god I had this, I had a really great conversation with this uh, writer named Greg Howard. Yes, I who, remember that episode. Yeah, he was, uh, when the undefeated was supposed to, was starting, he really breaks down his relationship with Jason Whitlock and how he's just like one of those dudes that's just out of touch. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. if it's like this wealth or where you just kind of forget, you know, where you came from and all this stuff. It's just, it's it's a hard thing to uh deal with when you're I I don't feel like it's that hard. It's just like I feel like you like as a as somebody who puts stuff out like as a as a comedian, it's just like you want you want everybody to like you, mm-hmm. but like I feel like I'm at home when I'm when black people fuck with me. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I did this like case in point I did this show in Delaware, like in the middle of nowhere, Delaware, at this casino that I didn't even know existed. And I did this show, and there were just really like two black people uh, in the crowd, kind of remind, kind of looked like your parents, Rod. Mm. And they were just like, they were fucking with me, and I was like, oh, I'm doing well. Like I had a good set, but it was just like I knew because those middle aged black people that were like my surrogate parents i knew i was doing well because they were fucking with me yeah so like when you have Mm. that it's like and you kind of try to connect with that it's not like an a super active thing that you do but it's just like you just kind of want to be aware of that and in sync with like what what your your people are going through and try to process that through through what you do and what the content that you put out and it's just a thing that I've always tried to be in tune with. I mean, nobody's, nobody gets it right all the time, but I think it's just something that's a, I don't even know if it's another, another level of awareness. It's just something that I've always just kind of kept close to me. Yeah. You know? It's weird. Cause I can't even imagine a scenario where black people didn't fuck with me, but yeah. I, just, I just can't even imagine it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like if anything, I, maybe that's the key to blowing up is you get to the point where you be like i don't give a fuck what my people think about me i'm yeah. i'm trying to get this money and maybe you know for certain people that's how they get their money but i i can't imagine not giving a fuck about black people to that point where i'm just like right. like and at least about- i at least i have yeah. my money tonight like that that that's not right. that's nothing if i can't go to mcdonald's and like niggas in there like when niggas like when jason went like rolls up to mcdonald's the niggas in there definitely have to be like, this mo, here he comes. This <laughs> why is he here? Why are you at McDonald's? Right. Why are you at Shake? <laughs> right. I don't know. Why, why aren't like you at Cracker Barrel, sir? <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things, man. It's always been, and I think it's not, and I don't even look at it as a burden. It's just, it's just that, it's just that, that awareness. I, ju- I just think like you, you, um, I don't know. I thought I had a, a good a good point to make, but it's just it's like not giving a fuck in the right way. It's just like yeah. I'm going to do this, and I I I care, but I'm just going to put I'm just going to try to be my most authentic self, 
and not really lose my blackness. It's not something I, it's like a lot of things that I felt like would kind of hit home with me, I guess, that episode of, of Black as Fuck that everybody references when they say, oh, I didn't really want to watch all the episodes, but episode five struck a chord with me. And it's definitely one of those things where, I guess the Tyler Perry episode. Mm, Black as Fuck. Yeah, like where you're just kind of grappling with something and trying I to think, figure out. I think the thing is, there's a fine line and I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm there. You, yeah. it's okay to not give a fuck about how everybody feels about you. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely had to develop that because there's a part of my personality right. that definitely wants to be liked by everybody. But yeah. that's impossible. And so mm-hmm. that was me beating myself for something that uh, essentially was impossible to achieve, which is fucked up, you know? Um, yeah. So I had to stop doing that. Um, and I think people mistake that for not caring about black people all the time. Like when you've decided like, yeah, 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 listen, I am this way. I care about my people. I care about myself, but I have to, I have to preserve myself to a certain extent. I'm not going to let this shit drive me crazy. Um, but then there's another level where people actively go, I, the ire of black people and the distancing myself from black people is a payday. Right. And I can get paid while being the most mediocre, small-minded selfish backwards thinking uh illogical person you know and people will respect it you know i i I saw something from uh candace owens basically defending the white people who killed uh ahmaud arbery and i thought to myself my first thought was killer mike called this woman intelligent sat right there on the dais with her talked about how smart and intelligent she was so that they could you know quote unquote debate in front of people and i just want to be clear that's two different levels to me like you know like i don't feel like killer mike is uh a coon or some shit you know mm-hmm. but i feel like a jason whitlock a candace owens diamond and silk ben um carson like there's a certain level of people where it's just like i can't fuck with them because they because yeah. they're doing this shit to us on purpose right to make money from white people and that's different yeah. than not that's different than feeling like as a free black person i'm not gonna let my blackness define my every single move and thought i'm not gonna let what what people think of me limit my ability to you know be myself i think those are two different things because i saw someone in the chat being like you know kind of equating some other people that i would not say don't care about black people you know chris rock i don't feel like he doesn't care about black people kevin hart i don't feel like he doesn't care about black people they might not care as much as some activists or they might not make just being black might not be there living you know what i'm saying like all i do is black shit and talk about blackness but that is different between them and jason whitlock to me oh yeah oh most definitely i think it yeah i think that goes without saying i I think it's just something that as a creative as somebody who gets put out in the forefront uh as like as like people in entertainment get put out more in the forefront than people that are actually really really doing the real work yeah i think you still have to have that oh that hey there's there's black people looking at me and watching me because i know as a kid like you know we were talking about on on reese waters show how like you know you think about michael jordan he should have did this he should have did that for the community i love michael jordan when i was a kid and mm-hmm. i still you know have this admiration for him but I was, I'll say it again, Aubrey Lambert, my daddy, and Maddie Lambert was my, they're my hero. Right. Because they're, they're regular people and they, in spite of everything, 
they rose to the occasion of rape like me, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just like, so it's it, the more, I feel like the older that I get, I remember like the, one of the, the best like experience I've had experiences that I've had just being in the workforce was like, uh, if you listen to my podcast, I always talk about this uh, theater camp that I worked at in Skokie, Illinois, which is a suburb of, of uh, Chicago working with kids. And then, you know, right after I got out of grad school, I worked at a, I worked in special ed for kids with autism. And I worked with um, uh, like uh quote unquote, uh, ooh, I'm going to get canceled. The, 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 the standard, oh shit. I'm putting myself into a hole. General pop, gen pop kids. Mm-hmm. I work with all types of kids, kids with disabilities, kids without. And it was like a rewarding experience for me because I worked at a before and after school program, uh, and you would see these kids and you, it made me think about my childhood and it made me have a even greater ex- appreciation for my parents. Mm-hmm. Like I always appreciated everything that they did for me, but it was just, I was just kind of, I had this newfound respect for them. Right. Like my, my dad was working two jobs. My mother was working on a, on, at the, the late shift. She would get home at 1230 and they were putting me in, in the private school and shit, busting mm-hmm. their ass. My aunt would pick me up and take me to school in the morning. The whole, the whole village, it takes a village type thing mm-hmm. to get my black ass, you know, across the state, you know, and, in, in uh, high school and stuff. So it's just like, you can't, um, to me, like, you you have to have somebody else in your life, the people that are with you. And it's okay to dream. It's okay to want to be like LeBron or mm-hmm. like Kobe or like Mike. But it's just like you I have think, to appreciate I think um, because of white supremacy, black people have been put in this weird situation, our whole existence of America, where our celebrities, we also want them to become uh, activists. Like we don't like we don't want you to just be talented. We don't want you to just entertain us. We want you to then step into this void. And I think also because of the charismatic black male um like um legacy of leadership throughout, you know, the African American diaspora um and you know whether whether that's true or not not saying that that's been the only people that should be leaders but the way that it's been promoted um we look to charismatic black men to be leaders when there's no fucking reason for us to do that like i i never really feel too disappointed in most celebrities and shit because Mm -hmm. i never look to them for shit like i only get i only am bothered by people that say shit that is fucked up about black people right so like jay-z can't really disappoint me because most of the time he's just saying like he's just saying like his version of like this is how i think black people can make it you know um doesn't bother me you know now but like say uh uh even with like a killer mike who i disagree with on a lot of stuff most of the time shit he say don't bother me it's only when he started talking about black people and and, like doing something bad that i'm like the fuck where that come from you know what i mean he's not an elected official or whatever and same thing with michael jordan i remember that shit i'm in north carolina so i remember how much jesse helms was obviously a racist how many black people around here i was obviously like this nigga's racist and at no point even as a kid even through my parents and whatever did anyone around me go 
i can't believe michael jordan didn't say nothing about harvey Gantt. it was kind of like i think Mike. what michael jordan knew is the lesson that barack obama didn't know which is that um they'll rather turn on you than turn on racism so mm-hmm. you know barack obama was elected he was a, a the mo- one of the most popular presidents of all time as soon as he came out and started talking about race and saying my son could have i could have looked would have looked like trayvon martin it, it was like no 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 fuck this nigga yeah and that's yeah. what would have happened to mike like everyone has this i think and I, I think it's a black thing we believe that there's a negro who they'll listen to but that we have no evidence that that's true like right. martin luther king right. got killed you know what i mean it's not like martin luther right. king quit it's not like he said oh we we beat racism <laughs> well i guess i'm retired yeah. like they killed that nigga so you know yeah. this this that yeah. idea of like you know all black people should be advocates and if we get the right advocate it will change america yeah. it's i just don't believe in it i'm too pessimistic for that me either and i think you're, you're absolutely right i i just feel like you think you talk about killer mike and stuff that you wish you wouldn't have said but also that motherfucker made this song called rick flair exactly that made me feel like i could get up in front of these people that i didn't know and tell these fucking jokes right or he's a, he it's like all all these people are yeah. are a collection of ideas and moments and stuff no nobody's the worst thing they ever said nobody's the best thing they ever said right and right. And, and i think right now we're in such a polarized time where like everybody's trying to make shit stick to the worst yeah. or best like uh chrissy teigen you know like mm-hmm. people uh chrissy teigen has some racist habit to her essentially and people was like yeah that's racist that white woman was why she singling out asian women to be like they all these white women out here doing the same shit but she only got a problem when two asian women have made money that way and then all of a sudden they were like yeah 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 we agreed that's fucked up wait a minute remember in 2013 when chrissy teigen made a joke on twitter that she did apologize for but she made a joke about quivenjene wallace and guys yeah we have to now throw out all of the principled stances we just had and go fuck this woman as well and that's kind of like i try to avoid that because it's not because yeah. right. chrissy right, right, right. Te- Chris, that joke chrissy teigen made is not all of what she's about and you know her best moments aren't all of what she's everybody's kind of a collection in between but there are some motherfuckers who just have bad moments all the time yeah and those uh, yeah. and those motherfuckers uh, uh, i can't uh, fuck uh, with you know like candace owens like there's certain people that just they their whole purpose is to have the bad take 100 percent right. of the time so yeah that's that's the difference to me I, so i've never held it against mike um low key yeah. low key i don't hold it against tiger woods i don't hold it against any of oh, these neither. motherfuckers because yeah. i think if you truly respect race work then you need to admit that it's hard work and thankless right and, and it, a it, lot it, of niggas don't want to take it on right and everybody ain't built for that and that's the thing money does not equal all of a sudden need to be an activist because going by what people say online they want you to be an activist with no money they want you to be an activist and not make a living they want you to be an activist and die broke that, what what is wrong with this they want they want you to be able to march to be able to to go feed the homeless to be able to to stand up for our rights to be able to connect us with the lawyers to be able to do all these things that require money yeah and that ain't freedom right like that's not yeah. freedom when lebron james has to be an activist that's not freedom yeah. like that's just us putting another level of respectability on top of uh, uh white people's respectability and like that was another thing that bothered me too is whenever i hear like white people or non-black people talking about 
lebron james should have said this he should have done that i'm like what do you know about this life you know the biggest trick they had was i think either this year or late last year was uh china and the nba when daryl morey tweeted out some like free to people type shit and then disappeared off the internet because he he knew he fucked up um nobody even went to go find him to get him to talk about it again Mm because he knew he knew he shouldn't have did that shit and then people turned it into lebron james should have spoke up for the people of china what is wrong with him he's not and i said nigga you are on espn you're on espn talking about what this man should say how about you say it tell me what mm-hmm. he should have said tell fuck them tell me the message is worth burning your career down is it not that's what you're telling lebron so tell me fuck lebron skip the middleman you look directly in that camera and you tell me how china ain't shit and burn all the espn bridges that y'all have right. built with china all your nba partnership burn it go ahead and burn it to the ground right now not a fucking word because at the end of the day man they want us to be the martyr for their shit sometimes and i don't, I don't like yeah, that shit like being black doesn't mean i gotta be a martyr that we need to get rid of that shit man if, if like if you just want to be rich black and mind your motherfucking business you should that you should that. be able to do that like i don't know why that's a fucking <laughs> like why is that such a like a, a character flaw yeah. on somebody that doesn't mean shit to me like there's nothing wrong with that it's just it just it was so i don't know like like obviously you don't you don't have to like black as fuck but it's just like every fucking episode was titled because of slavery i thought it was so dope because it was just like yeah why am i wearing this chain why do i care about this or why do i why do i care about these sneakers it's because of slavery why i do feel something like i'm only gonna like when i was being precious about my jokes and stuff mm-hmm. i was like i'm gonna record and i'm gonna wear these jordan fours i'm gonna because this is important to me i have to put on these michael jordan sneakers because he was the, the best yeah and i want to yep. be like the best and i feel like i'm somebody when I'm wearing these fucking sneakers, why is that? That's something that I, no matter how wealthy you get, no matter you got, if you want to feel like you're mm-hmm. somebody. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that it was I a show it. that was, um, it, it wasn't <laughs> trying to make you like everybody, which is something yeah. that, right. uh, you know, almost like, first of all, no, almost no black shows ever get to do that. Right. Like all right. our, all our shit, you have to like the motherfuckers, right? Waka waka, hey, America, yeah. you know, like, so I like that yeah. it was a show where it was like every character on here is flawed and a little bit insufferable. Um, it's not a show that's really about black trauma, you know, it's kind com- it's, oh. it's more comedy based. Um, and then also like it was a roast of himself and his kids and his family yeah. in a way that it was so, it's so funny because like the woke niggas missed it, but this is what y'all been saying y'all wanted. Like, mm-hmm this is the radical self-examination of uh, that y'all pretend to want and seeing him sit down there and be like yo man this is what this is what's fucked up about me this is what what's good about me this is this is like a raw honest truth about my life about my relationship this is you know um this like he's the father that didn't understand um uh, uh he didn't understand how his wife was loved so much by the kids uh right. that, that was the episode that made me love great. the show was because i was like yo i feel him on that because he was dealing with the duality of like yes there's sexism and women are dealing with this and it's fucked up he even 
perpetrated some when they was in the meeting and he told that white woman she couldn't go see her kids or he guilted her out of it he guilted her out of it yeah. but in the yeah. same episode you know he kind of broke down like these black father stereotypes and how fucked up it is and uh how fucked up it is to give like the get the all the credit for like the smallest shit but then right. like none of the credit for the big shit like it was just dope man like it, it was a more complicated complex show than i think people were thinking and and i don't think yeah. like when people say it's like blackish i didn't really think it was i think yeah. this shit was more thoughtful it was like arrested development it was like arrested development yeah. i was yes. one of the better, one of the best sitcoms this side of the new millennium it was. and you had interesting and weird characters just like that and it's like, like that episode i think it was that bowling episode mm-hmm. where he had those nikes that were like hazmat sneakers mm-hmm. and he was like sitting in the he was sitting on the couch like why am i wearing these yeah this what am i what am i doing i think my favorite it it reminded me so much of just like woke black niggas was the uh was the one where he tries to explain the painting he bought to everybody and he didn't even really know what it meant he just was he's just sitting there pontificating over like writing his virtual think piece to everybody who would listen dragging people over to it and then at the end the art the artist is actually on the show to be like this is exactly what this means and he's like yes that's what i was saying it's like no you said something about yeah. gentrification like yeah. like i love that kind of shit man it's such and a it's, like, and it's not gonna be for everybody like most art isn't for everybody but I, and i'm not trying to come across yeah. as elitist because i like the shit but it was just sort of like it was like there's some interesting things that he brought up and it's like it's it's like a person kind of grappling with these things right. in real dog when he was he caught when he was like am i a coon and i'm like and i'm like bruh as a a, show right as a black creative bro that tell me that's not the fucking existential struggle is the am i am i am i I fucking up like what like uh, like when you like when it's like white people like this too much what like, what am i wrong. doing wrong like drought him here. you know I, or i i saw something black that everyone likes and i didn't like it what am i am i am i fucking up you know what i mean like i love that shit man yeah. um and even the one with his family where they show like how regular non-woke non in yeah. the fucking moment not trying to like think peace everything black people how like the disconnect between them and the people who often try to speak for blackness is so real and so vast and Mm -hmm. that's why you you know every black person online supposedly hates tyler perry and the fucking thing you can't buy a ticket to the movies Mm -mm. when them shits drop because niggas love that shit we've been in boo and boo too and it it was us and and a bunch of black people so who are you really talking for you know what i'm saying who are you really talking about when you're like we as black people feel this way it's like do we really because last time i checked obama got a 90 some percent approval rating amongst black people everywhere but twitter so like what like maybe twitter's the problem maybe facebook's the problem maybe it's not black people that are the problem maybe it's us and it's all of it that's all of it's not real it's almost like when that when the uh erica badu jill scott versus thing which was amazing but there were some people that just had to let you know how much black how black it was it's like we know it's black because they're black right and uh they're black women so (laughs) they're gonna make black music and it's we're just we're having a good time and we go have black jokes right yeah it's it's fun and it it was just something how somebody said that was really interesting about that i don't i mean started to get off topic 
they was just saying oh, we've, how, we've how been how off topic. topic we've i i dropped oh, the topic. i dropped the topics a long time ago that's true <laughs> Fuck it, you know your favorite guest is on guys yeah. so we're gonna we talk about what chris want to talk right? about okay we talk about what i want to talk about <laughs> um uh just how like how the the this was the first one that i really i watched the whole thing i think i watched the jante austin uh neo joint for the most part but this the women were like oh i love what you did i love this song or they complimented each other Mm -hmm. but i noticed while it was dope towards the end is when they started throwing those haymakers at the end Mm. Like when they started putting those songs up, cause it's just fascinating to me how, you know, how they were, they kind of, they, those two black women set a great example of how this show should be carried on. Right. It should, a lot of it, some of them seem to be a little antagonistic. Yeah. Now, I didn't see all of them, but the, the, I think the Scott Storch and Juvenile was kind of. I, yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even watch any of them really. Like I watched a oh. little bit of, of some of them. Uh, hold on, we about to get cut off. Hold on one second. I'm gonna um, okay. give me one second. There you go. All right, but yeah, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but um, oh, no, yeah, well, I, I didn't get the. Sports, I guess that got kind of catty. Yeah, yeah, I didn't watch. Uh, I haven't been watching them because uh, for some reason it just doesn't do it for me. But I'm not. But uh, I haven't been complaining about it either. Like uh, you know, like yeah. I, I'm glad people are having a good time mm-hmm. and stuck in the house. Yeah. Um, and I and I think it's just a different form of entertainment, but. Yeah. Um, I did watch some of Erica and Jill, and it's just I. It's mostly just that I think Jill Scott is so fine. Ain't she fine? So I think it was like I was just sitting there watching basically her face for like twenty minutes. Yeah. Like I, I don't know what songs were played. I didn't give a fuck who was right. in the comments. <laughs> I was just like, let me just see what my boo is talking about, and I just you know I'm just into Jilly from Philly. Yes, they was playing all of the jams because I was kind of in and out, and the thing is part of the agreement uh when they did it was because i seen you know kind of articles you know how people kind of talk about in advance you know who's doing it next yeah. and their thing was like we didn't want to be antagonistic they was like we're not going to do it if we had each other's throats it was like we wanted to be a laid back experience we didn't want to be a fight right. my favorite thing about it was uh for and it's going on a few days now but for a little bit, man, like social media, black people finally got the stick out of their ass and didn't bring up everybody's old tweets and problematic views and shit. They just like, oh, we yeah. just love these. Now I know it's mostly happening because it's black women. And so, you know, it's easier, but I like that shit, you know, like I hope they can keep it on, keep it going for stuff like that. Cause I hate when shit spirals into, and did you want, so y'all cool with the person that sang at R. Kelly's? Rose, or like, like I'm like, uh, come on, man! Like, people just want to. We're stuck in the house. They're, right. they're. This ain't even about all that. Blah blah blah. So it was cool to see people let that shit go for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if they was out there, most right. people ignored them. Yeah, they always out there. Right. So I thought it was dope, man. Um, all right, let's move into a different uh segment, guys. Okay, let's talk about. uh I guess we do some fucking with black people, maybe though. Feel like we've already kind we of been. Sorry. Uh, you want to do white people news? Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Let's do white people we news. We can do white people news. I actually have I, I like, some specific white people news. Favorite, yeah, it's my favorite segment on the show, and I like how when I'm when I'm able to catch the show that every now and then you might mention, oh, Chris Lambert's probably the only person that knows who these white people are. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Well, I, I picked some today. Yeah, I, I love it. I picked some today specifically uh for um 
because i knew you were coming on so okay cool um so of course i have to play the song first uh so let me see what white people news song we have here um uh okay i got i got one um now i will admittedly say i don't know shit about rascal flats i think is the the white people i've heard of them yeah like are they country music or something i have no idea someone in chat some some, some of you blacks know but uh apparently a black person did like a version of i guess the kind of shit they be doing uh, I wake okay. up and teardrops fall like rain. Put on that old song that we dance to and then I head back to the. It's not much of change. Uh, all these niggas have on masks and they yeah, got go. just okay. in case. Say, we don't see them. Y'all can't see nothing. Mm-mm. We hear it, don't see it. Okay, it's slow. Yeah. I see it now. Okay, yeah, it's loading. I've been hurt and fucked up too many years ago. Hoping I could come up quick along the broken road. Well, I hustled and found a plug. From the extra, show me love. Now I'm flexing in a red. They hating on me too. And every sleepless night Led me to where I am Bitches that broke my heart They became holes that scam Show me a better way Promise I'll quit this game This much I know it's true I came up and so could you Fuck the boys in blue Fuck them all Fuck 12, fuck 12 Fuck 12, fuck 12 <laughs> Rolling money, act a fool Who gets my proof? All my niggas put them on I promise I will lose
dramatic ass music yeah. with them holding guns. This shit is fucking hilarious. That was amazing. Okay. Um, That's almost on the level of the, the what's my girl, Vanessa Carlton. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing's gonna ever beat that dude. He killed oh, that dude. Nothing's funnier than that. Nothing's Nothing. better than that. Yeah, but, yeah. but that was up there. That was, uh, wow. That was amazing work. Those niggas were, they look like some thugs. Okay. Mm-hmm. They was yeah, harmonizing thugs. They had guns. You can't see yeah, they didn't even show their faces. Yeah, they had guns, they vests. <laughs> they doing steel they shots. Kill you. <laughs> all right, all right. Get, 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 get. Let's get to this uh, white people news, guys. Reese Witherspoon is in the white people's yeah. news. I know her. Okay. That's one of them I can remember. Uh, she says she is sometimes totally overwhelmed. Oh. Reese Witherspoon sometimes gets so overwhelmed that she lies on the floor and cries. Hi, wow. welcome to the club. The 44-year-old actress and producer who has her own successful media company called Hello Sunshine admitted that there are days when she can't cope and she just bursts into tears. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'll lay on the floor and cry and I'll sit in the car and cry. Yeah, sometimes I'm totally overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed she said she on cbs show sunday morning uh however she insisted she will put in the hours because she wants to make the industry a safer place for young women she said i really want to change things i really want i see younger women in our industry and i want them to have a better experience i want to see them that they have a better idea beautiful idea of what the future can hold i will put in the hours and i bet on myself i'm my own lottery ticket and i always think that if no one else shows up i know i will show up and i know i will do the work come on through she also believes that oh man what is this overload over there chris no i'm sorry i'll I'll continue i'm sorry i'm sorry okay (laughs) reese also believes that covid19 pandemic will completely change hollywood and she admitted she is already trying to figure out how she to shoot love scenes while maintaining social distancing when asked you can't really wait how you can't really shoot a tv show socially distancing can you the thing that we're most confused about in love scenes we're like hmm how are you gonna make out we're just gonna have to get creative and reese who has produced projects including big little lies gone girl and little fires everywhere revealed that she has uh wild another cheryl strayed who's that wild author cheryl strayed to thank for kicking off her successful producing career oh that was the movie she did where she was on that cross. She just like walked. Oh, uh, was, yeah, yeah. She was fucking. I guess she fucked the guy in the alley because mm. she was on drugs or some shit. But no. good movie. She was wild. Uh, the Pacific Trail. Says, yeah. Yep. So uh, she thanks Cheryl for looking out. Okay. So shout out to my girl Cheryl mm-hmm. for the uh, for hooking up our girl Reese because she's a boss now. She making moves. Um, I fuck with Reese. Mm-hmm. I like Reese because, I mean, she was in one of my all-time favorite movies, Election, uh, in 1999. So her and Kerry Washington have a place in my heart, like as actresses, because they were two pivotal movies for me. Like Reese in Election and uh, Kerry in Save the Last Dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love those two movies and I love them. I thought Kerry. 
you know, it was great. It was just like, I felt like the, the two of them in Little Fires Everywhere was like Jordan versus Bird, like acting wise. Like they were like clashing the, like the, the, I just love the way that they tackled racism, the racial dynamics, class dynamics in that show. Um, you can kind of pat, some people might pass it off as just like a fun limited series nighttime soap, but I fucking loved it because I love the way that we put ourselves in the position to be like this, this, uh, white woman who they now called Karen's, uh, uh, you know, like she was like, I'm, I'm a white lady and I know this is, this is like, oh. like she put herself in that position. And a lot of people don't, you know, don't do that. And I just liked how they just explored all these, the racial dynamics in that movie. I mean, that show. I haven't seen it yet. It was yet, just really, I really. I haven't seen it yet, but you know, I always do. I've seen the promotions. Uh, I always do feel like there should be a special Oscar for white people who play racist on, in movies. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's the true bravery of Hollywood now. Like, it's not brave to play a slave if you black, cause like, duh, the slave is always a good guy. You know what I mean? but yeah, white people yeah. white people can run the risk of danny glover uh in color purple where they play the races too good and it's like i don't never see that motherfucker the same again after that i'm like oh you know i was a big paul giamatti fan man but after 12 years of slave it's like i can't ah! i can't shake the shit man he was too good right. you know what i mean he's like how much how much for this nigga this nigga yeah, right I, here is 45 45 55 dollars for this nigga and i was like damn paul's good this is this niggers teeth. I need to do a- with teeth like this. This nigger's only worth thirty-seven fifty. Get that fuck out of my face! I was like, damn, this dude make me feel like he sold slaves for real. I used to do a bit about Twelve Years a Slave. It's like it's the movie where you can see your favorite white actors say nigger, mm-hmm. and it's like if you want to see though say nigger, this is the movie to see. And like, there was a part in the movie where Brad Pitt. Like, well, where Magneto, whatever his real name is now, I can't, it escapes me. Mm-hmm. He was like, these niggers, blah, blah, blah. And Matt, and, and Ben, and Brad Pitt was like, hey, wait a minute. These niggers are human. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, what? I think it's on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. On my, if you go to like chris lambert comedy it's like a youtube clip from seven or eight years ago yeah. but it was just like yeah, what the fuck are you what michael fassbender was his name michael fassbender yeah you know there are yeah, yeah, yeah. he was such a racist in that movie he was so good he he should have been nominated yeah. that year he should have been yeah. nominated leonardo I, leonardo caprio obviously in django mm-hmm. but i was gonna say the sleeper in that movie is the white woman in 12 years yes. of slave she was even more racist and that dude was racist as hell, but, the, but she was, she was fucking Patsy up, man. Ooh, you know who else? Another woman that should be yeah. nominated. I can't, don't know the woman's name. The woman who played, uh, the wife in oh, that, shit. um, Denzel, not Denzel Washington, but, um, oh, you play clips about the, about the, about if you get the right white man. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're talking about, um, Spike Lee. Yeah, she, did she play Marsha Clark? Say what? Hold on, I can't hear you, Chris. What'd you say? She played Marsha Clark in that. Oh uh, fuck! Let me see. Are we talking? No, about different, different person? white woman. So she's talking about 
um the spike lee movie uh with the kkk black Klansman. black Klansman, yeah and, she, oh, and, she, and karen's talking great, about yeah. the wife of the clans and the fat woman yes she she was a, she was amazingly racist yes she ought to be nominated because she, she was the one that role. she was the one that came up with like the plan and shit like because the white man was like how are we gonna get to these niggers and she was like well i know i'm just a genteel southern woman that y'all keep telling to shut the fuck up and serve the beer but have you thought about this and it was like you you know what honey i take it back i love you okay i was like damn boy white women evil boy mm-hmm. um speaking of white women though we're not talking about that madman star january jones 50 42 shares a very skimpy bikini pictures uh to fans for all and thanks them for all the instagram love no she's been sharing nice. lots of sunshine filled bikini posts during lockdown and january jones was at it again on instagram on sunday the 42 year old who plays played i think they meant played betty draper in mad men posed wearing a skimpy black and white two-piece to thank fans for all their support she said thanks and peace for all the insta love and i guess this is her yeah that's sweet i still don't know who she is but that's sweet uh she was in the x-men movies um playing the white queen i believe also in last man on earth okay we yeah Yeah. i don't think i've seen that one you you did not not the the last man on earth you did see the x-men movie where she was in it it was uh first class i believe yes no i haven't seen the the last man on earth okay um but yeah so she uh set them girls out uh comedian whitney cumming wrote lord you're hot straight underneath it first of all appropriation whitney okay you ain't black don't be spelling lord l-o-r-t okay we're sick of it i mean and if i could defend a white woman okay i will say (laughs) in her defense <laughs> and I, I can defend tape, this Karen. Like dude, Superman meme. If I could just take a moment, because I don't think the white woman's perspective has been shared enough on this show. Um, uh, Whitney yeah, Cummins uh, is a is a very good friend of blacks. Okay, she. I mean, she is from the DMV, but okay. it's still, she was from George. She, I think she. She lived in Georgetown at a point, so I I do not give her a pass, but I just still wanted to say I still wanted to give y'all the illusion that I was going capable. January shared I, a, uh, I like her, but shout out yeah. to all the people that just tried to un that just un pre sold uh the album. Yeah. Like, oh cancel how do I cancel an iTunes pre sale? I I suddenly cancel their pre sale january shared another oh. snap on stories this time wearing a gray tracksuit bottoms with her bikini top uh this is another one with her wearing a mask that lights up says happy mother's day uh oh, so they light up now they're getting fancy sounds like she's just having a good time like she's in quarantine oh that's her her baby oh look at Aww. them oh that's precious right there yeah so like she just she's living her best life like the rest of us a picture of her and her mom when she was a baby um so yep she's just chilling someone i think someone said they prefer christina hendrix and i agree 
Is that's uh, the that's the redhead from Mad Men? That's the redhead. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. If, yeah. if I had to go, if like like I now I love my people, mm-hmm. but if like white woman preference, if you had to, uh, redhead, right. red. If I had one, it would be redheads. Okay, I understand oh. that they like blacks of white people, so I get it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So yeah, January has changed has changed her tone on instagrams during self-isolation from COVID 19 as she stays home in los angeles residence in the past she has posted photos where she was dressed elegantly for an evening out or to push to push fashion but in recent weeks the mother of one is taken to sharing pinup bikini photos on friday the blonde beauty recognized the change and joke i'm troubled by this that what's become of me oh so this is her in the uh bikini I mean, you the one hitting sin, boo. So, you know what I'm saying? Go on and get yours. Don't, we ain't judging. Mm-mm, put them cakes out there. You a white woman. Ain't nobody gonna make you feel bad about this, really. You know? Like, if you was like Lizzo or somebody, or, you know, or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if Issa Rae started posting nothing but bikinis, then of course they would have to deal with all the, the stuff that comes with that as a black woman. But, you know, you should be pretty good. Just standard sexism um jones looked flawless like she was in prime shape on the cover of women's health she had a cute black and white bikini with floral pattern and retro feel thanks to the high-waisted briefs and the ties on the front on the top on the sides of the bottoms what that's a a real sentence i didn't fuck that up okay the x-men actress added a black pink and white floral pattern sheet to cover up that the wind flowed in the wind so Mm she is out here stunting on these motherfuckers on instagram i'm not even mad yeah um she just kicking it yeah Yeah. it's good to see white people doing their thing man you know like in this pandemic uh let's see what other white people is out here there's uh there's more whites uh that i saved for chris um uh, i think there was some starlets let me see if i can uh (laughs) <laughs> get my computer now my computer suddenly wants to move slow so shout out to the daily mail man um uh emma roberts you know who that is Mm-mm. yes i'm karen i'm never asking you i'm always asking Chris. okay why would i ask you i know <laughs> you don't know uh emma roberts pulls together a double denim look with a very unusual jacket uh okay oh uh what is emma what you know emma roberts from oh emma roberts was in this end was she in an indie movie called palo alto i think that's the most uh that's just the first thing that comes to mind Mm. uh she kind of went there she was in uh where let's see this movie called nerve uh 2016 i'm looking around american horror story Mm. scream queen most popular thing she did I, she did do like one of the like was she in scream four i'm looking at her IEB. she is a white star yeah. um i'm trying to see are you really she a, was in the she was in what she was in the hunt this mo- the movie oh, that came out that they okay. people got mad at they shouldn't have been mad at it because it was a movie that was making fun of liberals but like the wrong the conservatives got mad at the movie so they postponed it and then they released it during the pan, like the, at yeah. the top of the pandemic for rental. And it was actually a fun, like a funny movie that made fun of liberals more so than conser- conservative folks. What I think is it was funny, a fun movie. I feel, I, I wonder, how do you feel about this? So 
i know you're into the 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 white starlets like you know like uh yeah. like fantasy football but um, yeah very much so is is the um tent pole the tent pole um young adult trilogy like the real star maker for the 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 white starlets you know what i mean like who gets those determines who's really gonna be the white starlet of the future that's a really good question i i think it's almost like it's a rite of passage mm. uh if you will where like what's my girl um uh dakota fanning fanning mm-hmm. within this movie that came out on netflix like a couple of, a couple of months it was an interesting movie all the bright places it came out on netflix it was kind of it was interesting it was kind of dark and it kind of pissed me off mm-hmm. but she's one of those actresses that like she's very good but she is is doing going through that like cycle of like she's going through the uh the system if you will where she's doing like she's done some indie stuff she's going through like the big a young adult movies i don't know that she's done a trilogy yet but because i, I like, feel like i feel like at least for a time it was like if you're not getting that harry potter uh you know hunger games uh yeah um i'm sure there's other like ones twilight twilight like that boost right there that that shit right there is is like you know going to duke you know what i mean like yeah, you get yeah. in the, you hit the league running when you start off with that like your ass is gonna be somebody for a long time uh as opposed to you know when you gotta mm-hmm. go from indie film to indie film it's just harder to make it yeah it's like it's like we just talk, we talked about like with comedy and things like the the whole model changing it's like people spend too much money on those big blockbusters mm-hmm. so now you're not seeing as much of those those trilogies i think like the Divergent series kind of flopped. Yeah, and did. like you can't follow the the uh, what's my girl, what's Cat for Lawrence. It's not the same anymore. So mm-hmm. what Jennifer Lawrence was going through is not the same as what Elle Fanning's okay. dealing with I now. Mean. So it just it's just kind of like you get that if you've been in an adaptation of a big young adult uh, book that's like just a one off, then that's kind of good enough. Now I didn't I uh A plus D I'm a she's she's he or she is talking about she he or she says I hated that adaptation and I'm I'm thinking she might be talking he or she might be talking about the Divergent. all the bright place oh I'll or diversion I don't know okay. but one of those like this this movie that she did with this the light skinned black dude from uh that Netflix 80s dance mm-hmm. Pokemon movie the get oh yeah down, I know that dude mm-hmm. yeah 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 he's uh, why it's in that it's uh i just didn't like how it ended because mm-hmm. i didn't know i was just watching it and i was like fuck this happened fuck that's but, how I like that's uh, like every netflix movie now it's like the ending yeah like netflix gives you about 90 percent of a movie and then they get to the end and they just always pull up short i don't know why yeah it's just it's it's a it's a different thing and what i am liking is like these young black girls are getting the same opportunity yes Mm -hmm. and i and that's that's what i'm enjoying now like i i had a conversation with uh she's now i think she's somebody that got the mundane festival bump uh aisha harris Mm -hmm. who is now to be with slate she's now with the new york times and we were talking about 
I know you guys kind of give me shit for liking these white actresses, mm-hmm. but it's now you can actually track these young black girls' career and see like you know how they're growing and what kind of projects they're doing. Like uh, my girl from Wade, the uh, yeah, oh my god. I just want to get her name. I just like getting okay. these black. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? While you do that, I got to re- uh Chris, go ahead. I'm sorry, man. We got cut off. I had to refresh. I was just saying like um uh like you, you get to track these black young black actresses and you just kind of like see like um them progress and you get to see them get more opportunities like there's this movie I think it's called Sila and the Spades that's on Amazon Prime. It's like a new, it, it can't go and it's available on streaming. And it's like all these young black people and the, the most notable actor was the guy, um, from, um, uh, when they see us. What's my, my man from Moonlight and, uh, um, Jarrell Jerome or something, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get, and these young black people are, are, are now starting to get more opportunities. So you get to see them go through, you know, more stuff, you know, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, I watched, a, I watched a joint. Really- I watched a joint on Netflix that starred this black actress. Um, it might have even been Taylor Russell, the one where she's stuck on the beach. Uh, that creature fighting that creature. I can't. Maybe it wasn't uh, her. It might have been somebody else. But um, that joint was good. It's like an hour and a half little uh, yeah. sci-fi joint. Um, yeah, you, you what's the Escape Room. She was in that too. She was in uh, the the Netflix. What's the reboot that they did? Um, oh my God, you know it, Rod. Uh, fuck. Um, I got. I, I, I'll find it. She, she was on the, uh, 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 the the Netflix show, the series that I, Lost in Space. Oh yeah, I watched that. And, I love that. Yeah. And she's going to be in like escape room part two. So, she, you know, like it, like she is like to me, you know, like when you think about these movies and stuff that come out, like I, when I was coming, like when I was like 18, 19, I was watching all these movies that kind of like break apart the American family, like the, the, like the American beauties, the, the happiness, ice storm movies like that. And I was like, Oh, why can't there be, why can't there be black movies like that? And we get, to me, I thought Waves fulfilled yeah. that for me. Obviously, there should be more, um, but I thought, you know, she was great in that, and that was, to me, a star-making turn. Um, well, the, uh, and, movie, I, and she's... For the record, the movie I was talking about is Sweetheart, and it's not her... It's not Taylor Russell. It's Kersey Clem, Clemens. Uh, Kersey Clemens. She's great, too. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, I get them confused, but that joint good. But uh anyway, okay. we, we you keep trying to shift it back to this black shit and I don't know why because we are in white people news. So, I I'm mean, sorry. Good for these colors that you they're see, getting jobs and stuff. You see what I try to do Rod's yeah. audience? That shifted black and then You Ronnie said this Karen's is your favorite audience. this is your favorite segment and then we keep going back to black things. I don't like I don't want to deal <laughs> with the oppression of black people's careers trying to make it in in Hollywood. It's too hard. I thought I thought I was losing some pre-sales for my album, so I no. had to shift. No, you, you, over, you <laughs> overcompensated. Okay, people, don't, now you're just messing up the show. Emma, Emma Robert pulled together a double denim look with a very unusual jacket. That's what we was talking about. Welcome, welcome, welcome to welcome to my club, Chris. I do it all the time. 
and how do you wear double gen <laughs> denim emma roberts oh my Okay, Eric Garcetti, the Los Angeles mayor, ordered all residents to sport a face mask while out running essential errands, and Emma Roberts adhered to that request while picking up some groceries on Sunday. The 29-year-old actress, whose aunt is Julia Roberts, did not know that. Now, I know that white woman. Did not know Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. She wore a denim-on-denim look and kept protected uh, with a statement mask over her face. She stood in a white t-shirt underneath her multi-tone denim jacket. Mm, that's good for her. You know, like, jeans is so hard to pull off, especially in this weather. You know, like, that's bold. You don't see a lot of fashion forward choices like that by going retro, you know, with the acid wash look, you know. It's just, you don't you don't see a lot of people making these type of choices in this pandemic no. okay you know especially no. and when you have like you come from a long legacy of roberts like her julia roberts yeah. to the to the niece to emma roberts i mean maybe eric roberts is in there who knows you know is eric roberts related to julia on any uh, level i think so well it's always good to see that that kind of stuff happening because you know white people got it hard man and yeah yeah you know if you can't just put on some jeans and go to town i don't know what you're supposed to do um her blonde hair has styled was styled into a low ponytail and she appeared to be wearing very little to no makeup underneath her mask oh shit doing natural and sunglasses okay um that's also interesting too because like do i need to wear a lot of makeup in one in the pandemic number one yeah and then two with a mask no and uh this is kind of related to white people news uh they were saying that uh because people haven't been going to work and shit like that that's their makeup sales have gone down they was mm. like because people's like i'm not wearing makeup if i want to cover the shit up with a mask i'm not what's one in lipstick and all this shit if 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 it's gonna have a big ass cloth on it so apparently that proves uh every man ever right women weren't just wearing it for themselves yeah. no yeah like we was that's the that's the thing women always say i won't wear makeup for you i wear it for myself and now everybody at home is like right. you know what i disagree i'm taking these bras off and i'm not spending an hour in the motherfucking makeup it, it, to go be on zoom fuck you niggas and that, that is <laughs> the yeah. truth and what's hilarious and not to get off topic is when i see men talking about y'all women at home with y'all bras i was like oh you don't live at home with no woman right now who the fuck is gonna strap up a bra on and and, and float right. around the house for what for who yeah i don't blame you i don't blame you if there's no men right. to, around the, you know like what's the point if i don't have to go in front of people i'm not doing it so what's those sales dropped you know i don't know what makeup gonna do to get it back mm-hmm. you know that's a, that's a long everybody's been everybody's affected everybody's affected by this uh she also the american horror story stars appearance comes after she shared a sweet tribute message to her mom on mother's day happy mother's day at kelly grace 1313 you're the greatest mama so happy we get this life together happy mother's day to all the other beautiful out there she's been practicing social isolation in her los angeles home with her boyfriend garrett hundland 35 amid the covid19 most recently emma starred in a horror thriller the hunt the movie had oh well we know it got pushed back yeah. chris already told us that mm-hmm. um so and then she the upcoming release of her romantic comedy film the holiday 
is now in limbo due to production delays caused by the pandemic Mm-mm-mm. Mm. well you know good luck for her man good you know i i hate to see her going through it like this but uh it's you know it's it's good that she was out able to get shopping and put the outfit together and she didn't have to worry about all the makeup and stuff that you know we often see she busting that double that double denim like them like a like a uh two barrel shotgun on y'all yeah for those that want to see i'll just do this this is better than using my computer because my computer be acting stupid uh this is her let me ask you uh you is that is that the iphone 11 plus yeah it is I had to stunt. I had to stunt on these niggas. If we're gonna be stuck in the house, I'm stunting. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> did you just get it? Did you just get? Nah, it? I've been, I've been had this player. Okay, this is old, this is old <laughs> yeah, to me. Tell me, can can you you and your listeners, the th- the two of you and your listeners, what do you have, Karen? Do you have the same? Yes. <laughs> I like I like the idea. Point. The idea that I would be able to have a nicer phone than Karen is so ridiculous. You can't. I, how I'm gonna live in this house? We both. When I upgraded, yeah. we both had to upgrade. That's just we the rules. sure did. Even if I don't know how to use half the features, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Can you guys? What's the switch to iPhone from Android? I, I you know what? I don't play those games, and we are talking about white people news, so I'm not gonna get into that. Sorry. Right. Okay. Yeah, well, well, that'll be like we'll mess with each other after. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know nothing about Android. I've never had a, yeah, anything I've, but I've an iPhone. Never so. had an Android, so I wouldn't I don't, even know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, bro. Okay. Uh, I'll send you some crab legs after the show. Natalie Portman. <laughs> Natalie Portman shares a rare glimpse into her family life, cradling daughter Amalia and kissing son Alif. And what? In a snap by her husband Benjamin Millipede, Millipod. But but black names is too much, huh? Okay. That's that's what I, I will never get off of this. Y'all call babies apples, oranges, peaches, and pears, but y'all be picking on black people names. She is known for being one of the more private Hollywood movie stars, especially when it comes to sharing moments from her family life. You know what? Natalie Portman, Tentpole Trilogy, Star Wars. Mm. I'm telling you, I'm on to something with this shit, okay? That was that, that she had the original Star Wars from Phantom Menace to, uh, Revenge of the Sith or whatever. She did. Yeah. So that was her, that was her, like, her white starlet turn and now she's a fucking icon forever she'll never not have a job uh because she did that you gotta get the trilogy under your belt well you had to back in the day i don't know what the new trilogy is gonna be but at that time you needed that trilogy it elevated you in an echelon above the regular white starlets i'm telling you i'm on the song she can do what she wants she started with that i think the professional was the big break yep yep and then she, and then she did, uh, what did they, she, they got on her like earlier this year or last year where they were like, she was like, yeah, we need to have more women directors. She's like, they was like, you never picked one. Yeah. You never had a woman. They was mad. I like, I like, yeah. I like but you want to know what's funny though is she came out and was like, actually, I have tried to get women directors they've like it's falling through like they've had to do other projects one one was yeah. a woman director and she left in the middle so we had to uh like replace her with a dude or some shit but she was like right but i like her response she was like but y'all right i can do better and so i'm right. gonna I'm do yeah, better yeah, too yeah. like that's that was some real shit because i would have been defensive as fuck if you would try to call me out when i was trying to pretend to be woke Mm-mm. 
yeah. Plus, the person calling her out was like Rose McGowan. It don't nobody listen to her. She, like, yeah. she really, really kind. Of, she kind of fucked herself. Yeah, like she had a point, a moment, and she then she, point. Yeah. then she like turned on all the other women like that was in the mm-hmm. movement, and it was just like, okay, never mind. She's like, only I know about oppression. Shut up, Blackie. It was like, oh, never mind. Yeah. She used to be an indie darling, but she's not, you know, everybody can't be Parker Posey, but you know, there's only one Parker Posey. She so. need a trilogy, man. Um, yeah. but on Monday, Natalie Portman couldn't resist posting an adorable snap, uh, throwback snap, uh, with her two, with her two children, an intimate portrait that was taken by her husband of eight years, Benjamin Millipod. The 38 year old is seen cradling her children, a, her children, Aleph eight and Amalia three. And a picture below posted an Instagram account, simply captioned by three heart emojis, and noting that the moment had been caught by Millipi, a dancer and choreographer. So this is this is the picture for y'all guys. Oh, oh, ain't that ain't that jump? Ain't That's that precious? I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, it make you even stop thinking about black people getting shot in the streets by cops. It, it'll just wipe it the fuck away. It's like, oh my god, look at this adorable white family. This is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to be a flashback from a few years prior as Amalia appears to be a baby in the shot. What do you mean y'all don't see it? I'm putting it, I'm use, holding my phone up to the camera. That's, that's what you gotta be looking at. Y'all can't see this? I can. Okay. Yeah. It's not, I'm not sharing my screen because my computer oh, is Oh, that's not the problem they were talking about. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully y'all see it. And then this is her, her and her husband right here. Um, you like a regular kind of kind of regular regular white dude you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying he would get lost in the crowd a little bit like a herd you know what i mean he but, was the dance he i think he was her dance teacher or choreographer from black swan i think he met on the set of black swan well good for him man uh they look they look happy and in love look at how they're looking in each other's eyes like this is almost like a wedding photo oh yeah. mm-hmm. precious i'm just glad she's happy you know like after how anakin <laughs> did her i didn't know if it was, she was ever gonna find love again right it was hard he was a deadbeat dad i don't care what nobody says Mm-hmm. people don't talk about that though uh let's see what other white people are doing shit oh our girl uh callie jenner mm-hmm. is in the news oh what happened apparently she cuts cake like a fucking psychopath what yeah this is a picture of some cake she cut to eat um let me hold this right if you can see it up there why is there a hole right what happened she look like pac-man oh who the fuck eats cake like this is it rosemary on that cake i'm confused that's one thing y'all can say she didn't appropriate from black people because that ain't us yeah nah we don't do that she has left fans horrified, baffled, and triggered by how she cut a cake she received for Mother's Day. Oh, you did this to the baby's cake? Oh, my <laughs> God. I know that baby was so upset. The 22-year-old showed off the mini bouquets she received for the holiday on Sunday, as well as the large olive oil cake that was delivered to her door. Olive oil cake? What is that? That's a new I've never heard that's a new level of whiteness for me i, I never i didn't I, know you could make that that's why i look like I have a, has a big piece of rosemary on top of it that makes sense is it even sweet what is olive oil cake i have no it sounds terrible i've heard of soda bread but i've never heard of olive cake 
what if it's just some so, bullshit where it's like really cornbread but white people have to call it different you know yeah. like how yeah. they like how they call roaches palmetto bugs you're like nigga that is a big Ro- roach a big I, ass roach that can i know fly. a roach tyler uh but it was the way that the makeup mogul sliced it to the round cake cutting out an uneven triangular sliver that angled towards one side rather than the middle that had fans buzzing um kylie shared a snapshot of the cake on instagram stories showing out the dessert dusted in powdered sugar so i guess it is sweet in the next image she showed off that she, how she had sliced into it cutting out a small piece to eat but kylie didn't follow traditional cake cutting technique in which a person slices towards the center both of her slices angled toward the left cutting a slanted triangle cake out of one from one side that would prevent further slices from being evenly cut oh no and somebody said that means that they instead of the vegetable veggie veggie oil or vegetable oil they use olive oil to make the cake okay so i'm assuming that everything else stays the same but okay that's weird uh callie sweetie that's not the right way to cut a cake the way Kylie cut the cake on her Insta stories makes me want to crawl out my skin. Kylie Jenner triggering the nation by cutting her cake the way she did. Why did Kylie Jenner cut her cake like this? She's a literal psychopath. Man, people was upset. About a cutting of a cake. Right? You can tell people are bored and at home. Why yeah. did she cut her cake like that? Oh. Well, white people, right? Black people was over there like, I don't want to see any more videos of black trauma. And then white people over here like, olive oil cake? No, I don't think so. <laughs> oh I'm fucking disgusted. Anyway, scrolling past black people being killed, scrolling. Uh, the sloppy slicing appears to have upset many people. So that was, it was very fucked up. It was highly upset. So then later, she, that, then she cut the circle out of the, uh, then she cut a circle out of the cake because she knew people were triggered. She said, people were disturbed. I cut my cake. <laughs> so how how i did it so i so this is for those people and then she cut like this uh circular thing piece out on purpose she was so yeah she was like fucking the cake up on purpose so i hope for her who are you gonna say chris yeah are we gonna talk about karen durant karen durant the woman the white woman the milf the woman oh crossed the over. I mean, that's not really white people news, but it was a video of this white woman that crossed over this white black kid mm-hmm. and scored a left-handed layup on him. And uh I I I just started retweeting the video and making different captions. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, let me guess, she shoot 53% from the field." Yes, 53. Uh, yeah. I said, "Oh, why is, I said, I know I'm not supposed to be sharing videos of black trauma on the timeline, but where is Sean King for this?" We need justice. Yeah, you <laughs> it was funny. You gotta wonder what that is. Black trauma. Like, it is. I mean, did he let that happen? Like, he never gonna live tell- that down, bro. That's it for him in that yeah. neighborhood. It's over. Go, like, you lost, bro. Yeah. Dunzo on these streets. Go be somebody. And she still had her shades on. And she had on like some like those were not shoe- basketball shoes. Those are like sandals or like sensible oh, sensible well, platforms. Yeah, she crossed that oh nigga. You're right. She crossed that nigga in a sensible hill and laid it up, <laughs> laid it up on him with with the power. Oh my god, bro. Oh, I can't. DFW. I think I'd rather oh get. God. I'd rather get ducked on. You know, honestly, just duck on me. You know what? I'm looking at the video now and she was moving so quick that I couldn't even notice what the fuck kind of shoes she right. was wearing. She hit that boy with that. Uh-uh. 
it, it happened in front of his friends which is even worse this guy's got it i mean he's got a good remember that movie drop squad yeah that spike lee he's got to get drop squatted ah, ah. Jesus christ what uh, kind of shoes did he have on it looked like he had on some moccasins. well they was mocking his like mocking his that was mocking son all right after he fucked up ah, and got ah. scored on <laughs> this is bad man Mm-mm. he was like what do you call that i call this speak to the manager yeah i want to speak to your the manager of your ankles real quick <laughs> i have a problem i would like to support the customer service oh my god she beat him in some birkenstocks right <laughs> and she had the haircut and everything man damn she was she, hey baby did she beat him in, in them rubber with crocs the, no no these were like sensible white lady shoes they like she just came from like uh you know uh work yeah man <laughs> like she she's dressed she like she, you can bro that was, came. That, that's the worst that reminds me i had a i played against this dude one time one-on-one uh when i was younger probably like 25 ish 26s it was an old ass white man and he came into the gym when we were all leaving like we had played from like five to like eight and this is when we was young so like we ran the court so we probably played like eight nine ten games that day Ooh. and everyone was, we were so tired like it was like one of those you know be so tired it's hard to put your clothes on to leave well you like oh I, yeah like i need to get to the car but fuck i i gotta put on some jogging pants and that hurts and so this dude comes in and he's all like hey man y'all want to play one like someone play me real quick and we was like nah man we tired it's fucking late like we you gotta get here at five and this nigga's low like straight up for at least 10 minutes begged us to play him one-on-one and specifically me and because my friends are assholes they were like yeah Rob, play him one-on-one and he did a thing we started like low-key talking trash and i was just like bro you don't even like this is just silly like come on man i gotta go home it's it's just stupid but he kept going my boys was hyping him up and then he whittled it down to like man just play me to like three like what like three man come on man i ain't come on man i just want to get some exercise i can't come here and i'm like why don't one of y'all play him they no he want to play you you know that shit and so i went to go play this man i want to say we went to three by ones right first one to get three buckets wins i'm Mm -hmm. dead fucking tired like you know like legs about to cramp up and uh i said rule is i gotta get the ball first like you fuck that you asked me to play and he's like oh you scared the old man gonna beat you i was like bro just i can go sit back down all right all right so i scored the first two points on him and it's like the whole back half of my body everything cramped up like i laid it up and it's just like all my cast was just a knot i was like fuck like i don't know so everybody was like no you can't quit now man no go ahead i was so fucked up like he ended up scoring three in a row and beat me on some uncle drew shit and when i when i when i sat down the whole time i was just like i shouldn't have even played him like what was like why did i even let this happen because everybody was like yeah you shouldn't have played him but we still gonna clown you we don't care and so that's what i feel like that kid is going through man like that kid made that woman's day man like that dude after i after he beat me like he was like 
man i got three pins in my knee because i'm old and i was like oh so now you're making it worse by saying how sorry you are <laughs> like you yeah. like you could have been like i played ball in college or some shit but nah now you're making it just me i'm sorrier because of you being yeah. sorry like it was the worst feeling so you gotta move move towns kid that's what i would have did move towns uh last one guys chrissy Teigen takes a break from social media after criticism from allison roman i guess we should probably unfollow each other oh this is the update oh mm-hmm. wow. wow yeah allison roman was popping that shit man mm-hmm. didn't know that uh <laughs> she was executive producing her next project mm-hmm. you touched on something and i and i think i'm i don't know if i said it when you know we were on the three guys on mm-hmm. earlier like a couple of days ago where I saw her on Jesus and Marrow and I had, didn't know who she was. Oh, this is kind of adorable. A white woman yep. cooking like a, a cheese sandwich. And I was yeah. like, Oh, that's cute. And I looked her up. Oh, she's kind of cute. And I just like, whatever. And then I wake up a week later. I'm like, Oh, damn it. Yeah. That was the thing for me is I watch, I got behind on Jesus and Marrow. So it was like having a time machine because I didn't watch that shit till after she got canceled. So then I was watching yeah. Jesus and I was like, oh, we got Allison Roman coming up next. So I was like, oh, damn, didn't she do something? Oh, that's right. Grand opening, grand closing. She was only famous for like a yeah. week. Um, anyway, yeah. for the past few days, Tegan has been fighting off internet trolls who that began taunting her at the fellow foodie and chef Roman made some critical remarks about Tegan's cooking empire. I really hate that what this drama has caused this week, said the 34 year old on Sunday, calling my kids petri dish babies or making up flight manifests with my name on them to Epstein Island to justify someone else's disdain with me seems gross to me so i'm gonna take a little break this is what always happens the first day a ton of support then the next one million reasons as to why you deserve this it never fails yep yep uh three days prior to her social media departure announcement roman expressed that tegan's rise to success horrifies her during an interview with the new new consumer roman detailed her feelings about tegan's growth as a businesswoman what chrissy teigen has done is so crazy to me she had a successful cookbook and then it was like boom line at target boom now she has an instagram page that has over a million followers where it's just like people running a content farm for her that horrifies me and it's not something i ever want to do i don't aspire to that said roman last thursday she did acknowledge the amount of money teigen has made from the success of her business venture who's laughing now because she has make she's making a ton of fucking money when teigen heard of roman's comments she took to twitter to share her disappointment this is a huge bummer it hit me hard i have made her recipes for years now bought the cookbooks supported her on social and praised her in interviews i don't think i've ever been so bummed out by words of a fellow food lover i just had no idea i was perceived that way by her especially she added that she thinks it's unfair for someone to try to completely invalidate her work there are many days i cry very hard because cravings the site is our baby we let a pump content onto we do this work ourselves there is no monetary gain yet it is just work 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 and the reward is you liking it so to be called a sellout who oh, it hurts using roman's words tegan explained that she is the machine behind the product this farm you think of doesn't exist i am the farm i am the cows the horses the pigs anyhow now that that's out there i guess we should probably unfollow each other um roman ended up apologizing for her remarks calling them flippant and careless yeah because she lost money yeah because also not mentioned in there is that 
Chrissy Teigen was secretly the executive producer, producer on Allison Roman's new TV show that hasn't aired yet. And she didn't know. Yep. It's so weird that, like, you have to kind of shit on somebody. It's like that to me nowadays, like we, you know, the whole, one of the themes of our conversation today has been like how things change, how the industry changes, how things, you know, success comes. And it's like, well, why would, why would that be so weird to say that, you know, she's got a successful Instagram. She's got a cook, a cookbook that kind of spawns all this other stuff. I didn't know Chrissy Teak. I just knew her as like, John Legend's funny wife. I knew she was a model. Mm -hmm. She was in a a movie that she was good in or something. And then like, until I, I found that John Legend, uh, fried chicken recipe, that John Legend video was on her YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And then I found out that she had a line of cookware. I was like, "Oh, oh shit. Okay. She's doing all this cool shit. So I don't, I don't really see her point. Maybe I think maybe she should have rephrased it just saying like, seeing the success of some of my peers is just like overwhelming and i kind of feel some kind of way about man uh, listen, that shit ain't like, not, that one she should have never got specific but then two uh, um, right. that shit was motivated by jealousy man like mm-hmm. people don't be oh, coming yeah. people don't be coming from a good place with that shit you know like and and, and then I, could, I yeah it would trip you up i wouldn't give a fuck if you was the best cook in the world i'm not gonna executive produce your show anymore you know what i mean like that that's just how it is like you have to be careful with that shit and i think people just say stuff like that and then of course how it looks because she also came from marie kondo or whatever and so uh-huh. that's like another asian woman asian, right, right. Yeah. That's, that's two asian women that she got a problem with getting money <laughs> meanwhile other people out here yeah. getting money and she ain't got a problem with white people figuring like you got fucking goop yeah. out here with Gwyneth Paltrow, but this come this one you come for like you and the assumption that Chrissy Teigen must not be doing the work herself and all this stuff. It's just really weird shit, and it seems to me like envy and jealousy. It reminds me of mm-hmm. Francesca yeah. Ramsey's book, um, uh, where she talks about um the how being envious and being a hater of this woman made her like one make the woman bigger than she was but two it made her stop focusing on working on her own shit like i'm over here assuming this woman has this easy life everything comes to her you know naturally or is given to her she has no talent i'm the real talented blah 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 and then you look back it's like i could have been working out i could have been working on my stand-up material i could have been working on my comedy i could have been yeah you too worried about that so that's what's funny to me and the only reason she apologized because that's her executive producer because she didn't even at marie yeah. in her apology she didn't even at marie kondo she added chrissy teigen <laughs> i was like oh that's interesting like you know sound like you only really sorry because your shit about to get canceled so anyway right. fuck that lady um yeah. all right uh we've been doing this for a while now guys it's almost three hours all right Ooh, we've had a ball wow yeah we didn't do any uh it don't feel like it didn't do any real like two uh segments and stuff but you know we get to talking with chris it's like oh it's like a family reunion over here it is um but one thing that i did want to get to is i wanted to talk about uh sword ratchetness okay no matter what is happening in the world sword ratchetness continues to happen and that means that we at the blackout tips had to continue to be vigilant and spread the word about this scourge that is attacking the world okay play the clip there we go it's already a minute long
a sword wielding man was killed in las vegas police shooting a sword wielding man was shot and killed tuesday after police say he approached officers aggressively at 10 wow at 10 30 a.m tuesday police got a call about a man causing disturbance at an apartment complex when they drove out there they found an unidentified suspect at the top of the staircase shouting he was armed with a sword police said (laughs) officers talked with the suspect in an attempt to defuse the situation but the man kept shouting and walked down the stairs police ordered the suspect to put down the sword the man invests aggressively towards the officers the officers were treated and once and i guess one of them shot the suspect the man was transported to the hospital where he was pronounced dead this is the seventh police shooting in 2020 the identity of the officer involved will be released after 48 hours Mm-mm-mm. they never take a day off that's mother's day right he was out here still wilding maybe that's how he was gonna cut a cake all fucked up i don't know chris, chris tell everybody where to find the podcast the album your twitter all that stuff the you can follow me on twitter and instagram at chris lambert i have a podcast called the mundane festival rod and karen have been on uh you can uh find the album on it's called failed running back it's available now for pre-order on amazon and itunes and it'll be available on all media platforms uh on the 15th uh, which is this friday and if you sign up for my patreon there's tons of hours of material on there and you'll get a, a bonus track uh, by the end of this week with me with ten more minutes that of material that aren't that is not on the album. Um, and then you can also, I think, if I'm not cut out of the scene, you can see me in, on uh, the Undoing on HBO with uh, Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. If I'm not cut out. And make sure you guys do all that stuff. I would love to see Chris put up that screenshot mm-hmm. that his album made them at number one in comedy and stuff. I would also, uh, you know, uh, want to see y'all listen to the show. I'm a, a mundane festival premium, uh, supporter on Patreon. Um, and you know, I've been on there several times, man. We go in there and kick it every once in a while. So if, if you're fans of us, you're fans of Chris, go check it out, man. It's always good stuff um and the album is dope man like i said me and karen listened to it today it's my second time listening to it and uh i was laughing just as hard as the first time it was that good man so congratulations on making a dope album thank uh, you and i want to i want to thank you rod and karen for always being supportive of, of me whether i had something to promote or just to shoot the shit i think it's an important thing that you guys do not to be too corny but uh, sometimes you, you gotta give people their, their flowers. I mean, it just what you guys have done for me is just as far as having a, a sense of community when a lot of the world and the industry kind of can be a cold place mm. because sometimes when, uh, sometimes you don't know what you're worth until you reach out to the people like, like you guys. Cause you can, I've asked, there's people that I've asked, Hey, can I be on your show? And they just don't, they say, Oh, I got more famous people. <laughs> on the <laughs> coming so uh you you can fall the fuck back or they don't answer or oh, they yeah. don't that's the word so and some of them are white and but i but <laughs> as far as uh you know as far as uh you guys are concerned i just want to appreciate you guys and uh it's it's just been like uh so much fun to watch your your success and 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 to grow we're growing with each other and I think like I, with you guys and three guys on and all the, the, the whole community, Firestarter crew, 
Um, it's just been, um, you, you guys get people through their day. Yeah. You know, you guys, people get through their, their work day and it's, it's an important thing, service that you guys provide. So, but we just happen to be a part of the journey, man, for so many people. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a running joke, obviously, but so many of these people that we've been able to, uh, like have on our show and stuff, man so talented so you know so hard working all that stuff so it's just dope to see good things happen to good people man so you know you just one of the people that we're definitely rooting for and Mm -hmm. uh and you know and and the support goes both ways man so thank you and uh we'll be back uh tomorrow oh tomorrow morning me and bossy are doing this too much so go ahead and get you guys feedback in on how y'all hate molly now and all this shit um we'll (laughs) say that again he's problematic great episode yeah. i can't wait to hear y'all break it down yeah they was they was they mad as fuck bro so um we'll be back tomorrow for uh for the regular show and uh this too much so until then i love you i love you too Mwah. <laughs>